0: Hello. Okay. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode eight. Um, as you can see, we're in a slightly different environment right Secret now. Secret location. Secret location. We have set out, you know, set up somewhere else. Kind of moved around a bit, so we missed a week of content. So we apologize to anyone who was expecting some new episodes. We have things uh, to do
1: and places to be. Yeah,
0: although our audience isn't exactly that big right now. Anyway. But on that note, it's a little hard to gain a large audience in today's podcasting world when you want to tell the truth, especially on a place like YouTube.
1: Yes, it's very difficult to make YouTube happy. Yeah, um, and why
0: Why is that, Brent?
1: Well, YouTube has this little policy of banning behavior that they don't like.
0: Yeah, and we've, we've been trying to be careful about this, but in our last video we put out, which was like a short segment um, that Brent did, Uh, You know, we decided to kind of do this thing where we contrasted our cringe of the week segments with something more positive and did a courage of the week and kind of shouted out a voice, you know, not something that's like cringe to us and funny, but like something we found really inspiring and passionate and, you know, that they were speaking the truth. So, yeah, we put this video out and we shouted out three different people in it and we showed clips from their own social media and Instagram and, uh, you know, off other platforms as well. Uh, yeah, well, YouTube didn't like what these people apparently had to say in regards to the shot, and the uh, dreaded cough that shall not be named.
1: <laughs> yes, you be very careful what you say here, uh, because the, yeah. the, the secret algorithm will identify you yeah. as divergent and come for you. Yeah.
0: Doesn't matter how small your channel is either, it's no, like it does not matter you will be caught in that web your your account will be flagged if you get enough strikes on it yes your voice will be removed from the platform so uh, we just find it so interesting because you know a lot of this stuff is also being kind of racially divided and people say you know give a platform to black voices and stuff but youtube really doesn't seem to want a platform for much black voices that diverge from the narrative that they're trying to push right of unity bringing people together or questioning the lockdowns and what's happening with you know the shots and dreaded cough etc so maybe just maybe there's a reason for that and maybe you should go to our website dangerous and watch that courage of the week video and see what it is exactly that youtube thinks Does you, want you to know. thinks you are not smart enough to make your own decision about what you think of what they have to say you're just simply not allowed to hear them say it and i don't know we find that concerning we find it to be abhorrent we we think people should not be okay with this and they'll give all types of arguments like oh you know they're a private company they should be allowed to do what they want and these are the same people who went and turned around and said oh well all these businesses have to close because covid because oh i said it damn it you know all these businesses have to do all these (laughs) things because of the dreaded cough and so you can close your private business but youtube's allowed to do whatever they want and they can remove whatever voices they want so You know, we appeal to them and this has happened to many other channels before and they appeal to YouTube and YouTube never seems to be able to give you a direct response about what it is in the videos that they are flagging as medical misinformation. They won't even
1: give you so much as a time point to be like, from this time point to this time point, you violated our policy by saying this and they could quote you. I mean, it's very easy, but now it's, it's all behind a wall of secrecy it's all a secret trial and a secret court with secret evidence you get to appeal you get to say you know like two sentences and they don't respond to anything you have to say and they just decide you know whether or not they they want to allow you to appeal or not it's
0: arbitrary and if they
1: shoot down your appeal that's it that's the end
0: well this this happened to eric july not that long ago a few months ago he posted something about the dreaded cough and he he was actually citing a scientist a doctor And this doctor had a video already on YouTube where they were saying the same exact thing and making the claim that he made in his video. He was citing that particular doctor, right? I don't remember the name, but hopefully maybe week later we can pull up that video and link it somewhere. But he he was citing that, right? When they asked him what the medical misinformation was and they flagged this point in his video, they did give him a point where they were like, oh, there's a problem with this. He was like, well, look, here's another place on your platform where this doctor is saying the same exact thing that I'm saying so why is my video being removed from medical misinformation but this isn't here and it goes to show that there is an arbitrariness to how these rules are being enforced and there's certainly certain types of voices that are being targeted and if you're I guess too loud too you know hysterical they might perceive it, or if you're really trying to wake people up and get them to ask questions um they they just don't want it they don't want it if if Especially if it's about the, the you know.
1: So on that note, there are have? alternatives to YouTube. This there are. This one's
0: called a Brand
1: NewTube. Yeah. Uh, Rumble is another one that we've been using for mm-hmm. our illicit material, our, our more dangerous of rhetoric. Um, so get involved on those websites, make accounts, you know, go over there. Yeah. And when you're on our page, when you see our videos, like you can go click through the Rumble thing, give us a little plus button that really helps the channel. It does. Um, also, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, mm-hmm. you can like and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah. And subscribe and check. And if- also watch because they'd like to unsubscribe yes. you. So
0: I had another a former student who was reaching out to me today with some questions about the dreaded cough stuff that I've been talking about. And he mentioned that he was subscribed to the YouTube and said that for some reason he was unsubscribed and that, you know, he'll go and subscribe again. And this is the fourth person to tell us this. One was just a random guy who we didn't even know. And then three of them are people who I know personally. So I think there's something to it. Clearly accounts that are talking in a certain way or talking about certain things are being caught up in this sort of algorithm as well, where followers might be deliberately removed from the account or even views. You know, We've noticed some weird things with the views before and we're not the only ones talking about that. Tim Pool's talked about that. Other people have as well. So there's some shady things happening with YouTube and they are not this open, platform of free discourse and expression that they used to be, that is no longer the case. We are in an information war and clearly they are aligned with the bigger powers that be now. But like Brent said, there are all alternative pro- platforms, so we encourage people to find other ways to get this information out. You know, Because no matter what they do, they can try to silence us, they can try to remove every video we ever make. We will find a way to get to an audience and to share the information. And if we have to do it through other avenues, such as such as the modern world now, you know? Big tech is not this free thing anymore.
1: Okay. If it ever was, right? So, yeah. do you want to talk about the violence? Sure,
0: yeah. Man, this, this video is... <laughs> so, this video is crazy, yeah. There's
1: been a rash, and increase in violence against Asian Americans. And the big secret thing is it's coming from folks of, 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 of melanin.
0: Yes, you know, and you know, <laughs> men, we've we've, men too. we've brought this up on the show before yeah, and no relating to what Project Veritas uh, revealed in their secret, you know, undercover recording of Charlie Chester from CNN. And it's kind of just we're just hearkening back to that point. And we're obviously we're not trying to target any specific race for this or that. We're just saying, you know, what are what are the actual facts and statistically what is really happening in regards to racial violence. Um,
1: and also people have to remember that the media is going to drive on this point. Yeah. They're going to, like, bombard you with these contradictory messages of, like, white supremacy, but while at the same time showing you all these examples mm. of, um, you know, African-American men committing violence against, you know, whether whoever it is. It doesn't really even matter who it is. Um, and they're also going to highlight those videos with African American men in, in the situations with police, and like, and they will continue to drum those up and and bombard the population with them because they are trying to create this interracial tension. It's a very Machiavellian divide and conquer technique. It's yeah. very old. Classic. Um, and it's it's it wasn't really effective up until the present moment. It started to become more and more effective as people began to wake up to the police violence issue and the way that they got away from discussing and actually having real, true progress and reform in the police violence issue is what they they turned it into a racial, racial issue. One. Yeah. When it was really a problem with the way the police are trained or lack of their training.
0: You know, overly militarizing the police. Those were issues that we've always felt a certain way about, and we and also
1: traumatizing the police yeah. and bombarding the police themselves with these videos you know from body cam footage that showed us police like getting killed yeah. and like when you show a young officer you know multiple videos multiple times uh, what can happen when they are uh, out on patrol.
0: Well I think the counter argument there though is that you know cops need to be aware of the certain types of situations that can You should arise. Have, taken
1: my can have my cigarette. I have
0: a cigarette Well no I took it like once. But um threw my point off right there, Brent. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, They're traumatizing I, the
1: police. By, by yeah, well, the point
0: is they had the police have to be prepared for various different types of situations. So obviously when you're training cops, you're going to show them videos, right, of arrests yes, gone yes, wrong. Yes, and here's course, what could happen. Here's but what could happen to you. Of course. But I do understand the point you're making. And it's like that could have the same effect on cops that the media has on black people and other people when they show them these these certain types of videos on repeat right on the media and everyone's bombarded with it and every time it happens they can put it in front of your face and and reinstill that that sort of fear to make you think all you're being hunted down everywhere you look you know cops are killing people and it makes people overestimate the numbers right so when you ask them I think you brought this up before when you ask people how many you know people of color or black people get shot by police Every year, people who are part of BLM, right, and those types typically will answer what thousands. Yeah, those oh, thousands or over thousands. a thousand, and then we actually look so at the many. statistics. It's actually in the two digits, dozens. So, and, and and the
1: vast majority of those folks are armed. Yeah, when they're killed.
0: Yeah, and it's or engaged in violent behavior. And again, it's not to say that there aren't situations in which. Yes, in those cases, the cops are clearly in the wrong, and they need to be held accountable when that happens but it 's not this it 's not this widespread massive epidemic of police violence that they 're trying to make it out to be um, you know the police have improved in certain ways over time, and there With are body cameras you know, yeah
1: shown there's been multiple studies that show whenever they include body cameras and where they introduce body cameras into a new uh new place where police didn't have them before that the reports of police bad Bad, bad, bad. Police go down dramatically.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense because uh, right, because
1: the police have to, sure. you know, and they, there can be changes and improvements there. Like we can have all the police, you know, require from a national level that, that they wear body cameras that they cannot be turned off that yeah. they're always on while they are on duty. Like this, these kind of things can be done to improve that. Situation. I think
0: because of their job and, and the more certain, training, like the certain responsibility they have over people and you know someone's life too in a certain dire situation. It's I think it's appropriate the body cameras and i think it, it makes sense you know it does protect the cop in certain ways right but it protects people as well because and you know it's their job so i think because of their job in the certain type of job it and that huge responsibilities it might make a little more sense to have that sort of type of surveillance so just keep as, that in mind as a requirement as you, you know to it, it
1: that there is this desire to drive this sort of yeah. racial narrative yeah. and remember like Donald Trump himself was one of the ones that kept coming with the China virus like yeah. he really made the association between the uh, the thing and you know people of Chinese descent and yeah. like he did drive that and like you could argue that that's racist
0: yeah but the more they tried to argue about it too the more he would just do it to be like well yep. I'm not going to let you control how it. I speak and then he would and then make they it, would a cover joke, it They would and
1: it. they would exa- they would you know they would repeat it like CNN and MSNBC yeah. and all these like little CIA parrots, which yeah. just repeat it, like they would echo yeah. it, at, and, and as if they were being critical, when actually they're just spreading the meme.
0: Yeah, but it's also not unheard of to name viruses along with the place which is cited as okay. their origin. Yes. You know, yes. Like Spanish flu, etc. Although there's arguments to the Spanish flu didn't so start anyway, Spain, but continue. epidemic broke out. There's
1: been an epidemic of violence. This was in San Francisco, um, and this article is in the New York Post. But like this guy just got like beat to the ground, yeah. like while he was like walking around with his baby, it's, like it's pretty it's messed, messed up. up. And yeah. you know, I like to Andy Now and um, uh, Ian Miles Gray, both very good for the violence against Asian stories. Well, where was
0: that video you showed earlier? Of and
1: the good uh, the stabbing.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that uh, would be a, like a, definitely a good one to kind of talk about right now because that video is shocking. Well, this was from
1: know. Newsweek. I don't have, I'll have to find the video. But, like, the, there's a 54-year-old man who stabbed two Asian women at a bus stop. They were just standing there, and he comes yeah. up behind him and stabs them both. I don't necessarily want to... Oh, is this the video?
0: Oh, this is a different video. This is a different video. <laughs> That's different. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Wow. Stranger attacks two Asian women with hammer on streets of Manhattan. Yeah. See, I wonder what the context of that is, but it looks like a random attack. Like... <laughs> wow. Yikes. That's not even what I was talking about. I was talking about the one at the train station.
1: There's so many of these. But
0: it's just like, look, people are are erratic right now, and society is definitely at this strange turning point. Tensions are very high. There's a lot of homeless on the streets now. People were let out of prison and stuff because of the virus. Same one. And it's just the cities are becoming more unstable, and they're becoming much more dangerous places to live. And yeah there's there's many factors for that you know demoralizing the police is just one of those factors and it has consequences unfortunately you know if you call to defund them if you call to you know if you demonize them more and more cops are going to quit and cities will just get more dangerous as a result and they'll say they're saving lives because those cops aren't killing people but look when the criminals come out the criminals don't care an actual criminal does not care if they want to get a weapon they'll find a way to get one If they want to take advantage of a situation they'll do that they'll take advantage of any protest any movement like they don't care so when you create this sort of environment of just absolute lawlessness and you say oh well it's because we're having a revolution or whatever understand people die as a result of that and it's it's not always this thing where where you you're improving society and then when the cops are gone too there's also the question of what replaces the police um, and that's a question I feel like a lot of these radical lefties simply are not considering and it's important. This you is the video. Yeah, this one was just wow. You know, he just he goes up to, and just stabs them. Old old woman like one was an old lady and
1: they're both old ladies.
0: It's just what the hell, dude! Insane. And just the media will downplay. They won't talk about that because it wasn't a white man. And unfortunately, that's, that's the narrative. And you know, even right says here now.
1: that he w- he was black, but he was reported to be white.
0: Yeah, well, that's in the, the part of criminal history. But yeah, in that last article we were reading with the other stabbing, didn't even put the the race in the article. Didn't mention
1: his race here yeah, in the Newsweek article. Yeah, but they talk about this whole thing about how they were stabbed, but they don't mention you know the race. The yeah, attacker.
0: and again, I bring up Charlie Chester again because he said this. He's he's on camera saying this right that they knew about these numbers and they downplayed it to paint blm in a better light but they knew it's not like they don't understand the statistics and that they don't hear about these cases of violent attacks against asians by black people but they just it doesn't fit the current narrative that they're trying to drive and that is the white supremacist boogeyman narrative that's the new one i'm sure they'll switch back to islamic terror and stuff soon (laughs) you know now with biden back you know, to the usual war games,
1: yeah the- and Trump
0: left them a very big military to do it, so just saying he definitely kept kept the military nice and large and and plumped up and I just hope more people in the military start, a start to resist. <laughs> what was that?
1: Trump's no savior.
0: He's not a savior. Like no. people
1: that were like, "Oh, Trump, no. uh, yeah, like, great." I mean, yeah. but like, still, he he look at what happened to Julia Assange. Yeah, sure. You, you know, know, like if it wasn't for Trump, like Julia Assange probably wouldn't have been like raided. And
0: there's there's a lot of criticism. Still locked
1: up in Belmarsh prison, yeah. waiting appeals.
0: You Trump know. Trump didn't for what? Didn't for what? pardon him? You know, he goes and he, he pardons like Kushner's dad or whatever, like who's a freaking crook himself, but. It it was, you know, it's one of those things that I think Trump deserves criticism for, is that there were, I think there were certain actions he could have took, taken against the deep state if he was really trying to drain the swamp. And I think that was one of the things. He, he should have opened a can of worms on, on these people, man. If he really wanted to, he could have. But I wonder why he didn't. But what we do know is the election was shady, and we're not going to stop saying it was shady. And we know that clearly there are many people in the powers that be that no longer wanted him in that office, and again, Charlie Chester, there was a concerted effort, so and it's it's on camera it's it's there he says it all
1: so I just wanted to give a little update on Patrice Cancoler's you know she is the Black Lives Millionaire. <laughs> um, she has the four properties. Her story was censored by Facebook and in some cases by Twitter. Yeah. People were talking about how much money she had, and m- m- the amount of money she's making on her book and from yeah. you know all this
0: different it things. Must be, it must be great to have Facebook protect you when people are talking well, shit about and Also, you, right? Facebook
1: Facebook and Twitter both <laughs> donated a lot of money to charities controlled by ConColors. Of course and they There do. is a lot of money behind her. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, she is a occupied outpost of the big tech, financial, fascismo, you know, multi-headed hydra thing, the deep state, whatever Pushing you want to call
0: it. Pushing that culture war. And
1: here she is, like, let's just and see so what she had to say.
0: Our table today. Talking about her book. And I was speaking to this uh, young person from Arizona who's trying to fight uh, SB 1070. And I was, he, he he grabbed a book and he said, it's like Mal's Red Book. Oh, and Mal's Red Book. And I was Redbook. like, man, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. It's really cool to hear him so make funny. that connection. A, and I was yeah. like, how about you uh, buy like 10 to 15 of these books? Oh, yes, it's by 10 to 15. by 10 to 15. And just it. have a group you really where you like, you know, this, bring it to your friends and market for kind of, me. We need
1: to build off of this. and so. <laughs> That leads me to um, How much money but I a point that so I, much I actually money. wanted to kind of focus on today,
0: which is um, I think I have a, a really important role my book. in speaking to Buy you. My book. I, I have, Buy my maybe book. it's because I came into the movement <laughs> at 17 and a half, so I have oh, so like just a net so 17 and, 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 and a half. Like, who knows themselves that young? Your brain wasn't finished cooking, girl. Yeah, it's just. And clearly, it's still not cooking. But the, the the audacity to to even compare something you've written to something written by Mao. It's oh, like, Mao, Mao's book. You would have to have a pretty... 45
1: million dead in four either, years.
0: Either you don't care or you have a real lack of understanding of so history. So for all the, all the children you know?
1: out there, Mao Zedong is the founder of the People's Republic of China, qualifies as the greatest mass murderer in world history, and an expert who has unprecedented access to official Communist Party's archives, said yesterday... Speaking at the Independent Woodstock Literary Festival, Frank uh, de Goiter, a Hong Kong-based historian, said he found that during the time that Mao was enforcing the Great Leap Forward in 1958 in an effort to catch up with the economy of the Western world, he was responsible for overseeing one of the worst catastrophes the world has ever known. Mr. Decoder, who had been studying Chinese rural history from 1958 to 1962 when the nation was facing a famine, compared the systemic torture, brutality, starvation, and killing of Chinese peasants to the Second World War in its magnitude. At least 45 million people were worked, starved, or beaten to death in China over those four years. The worldwide death toll of the Second World War was 55 million. Mr. Decoder is the only author to have delved into the Chinese archives, blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting because for all the criticisms History. of cap- yeah for all the criticisms of capitalism that exist and i'm pretty aware of all of them every time they try these ideas of trying to centralize the economy and to regulate the free market the more that you try to implement these types of things and to say redistribute the wealth it, it never works it results in a shitload of people dying and you end up having just a, a, another unstable hierarchy anyway where you have an autocratic totalitarian type ruler right or or you know deified kind of figure like in in the case of like north korea and stuff so again like capitalism is not perfect there's a lot of issues here but the free market is important i think there is something to that and i think people do need to have some kind of right to work for their own property and work for their, their own livelihood and to maintain some kind of control over that and not have the government kind of step in and say, this is how resources get to be distributed. This is how everything has to run. Um, lots of people die when that happens. Plus, there was an entire cultural revolution Im- involved in, in Mao's China, and it's similar to what we're seeing today, knocking down statues, you know, burning books and stuff, trying to erase history, canceling people. It's like... It's just crazy because people always say never again or it'll never happen here, but it is sort of happening here, and from different fronts, obviously. And there's different groups involved, but yeah. Can you hear the city behind us? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lovely sounds.
1: Um, so I thought this was interesting. You know, one of the goals of defund the police to me has seems to be that there there is going to be a
0: creepy
1: replacement for the police.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that.
1: And, yeah, the Antifa seemed to want to be the new police. Uh, Less accountable, more crazy, more ideologically possessed. Um, This is an article from, like, this is not recent. This is
0: March. End of March. March. It's recent-ish.
1: No, but this is not what I was looking for. There was a video clip where um, Antifa, like, pulled a dude out of his car with a gun and there were guns drawn
0: they disarmed was the it on andy knows page i think it was i mean people there are people out there who are probably automatically going to dismiss us just for even using Andy yeah. you as know, a source it's like oh he's I making love all it all that up. Know, he's such a good source yeah he's making it all up he's he not beat, he it beat all the all shit up. out it's, of himself it's a you lot know? of raw footage He beat the shit out of himself. Oh, he's just trying to sell books, like... It's a lot of raw footage. Why would you even want to be, like, known in a grifter in this type of field, where people are, like, out to get you and kill you and, like, doxing you on the internet? It's just... (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, oops. cursed. (laughs) Nuts, man. Oh,
1: is that a gun? That was a gun. That was a muzzle. That looks like a gun. Stop the car. Stop so the friendly. Car. Stop so... The car. Stop the car.
0: Stop they sound like cops. The They're car. trying to be, that's Stop. for sure. Stop. Stop but, you know, car. defund the police.
1: Whoa. Like, who who are these people to give yeah. orders to other people? Who are they to hold them up at yeah. one point? Like...
0: This is why, you know, in Florida, which we're going to get to a little later, but you're you're allowed to drive through these people now if something like that happens and you you are obstructed from moving your car and you feel you are in danger in a protest or rioting okay. type situation in florida you're allowed you to just drive down. through them so that's crazy like look they, at this they
1: thank up. their cops yeah.
0: is this the type of neighborhood you want to live in and what do you think this does to Look. the value of a neighborhood? Crazy.
1: They sound like cops. They're yeah.
0: armed. They're disarming no the other guy taking his weapon. Yeah,
1: disarming yeah. people they disagree fucking with.
0: Fucking like, basically, this is just no more court system, no more, you know, bringing people to trial, no more any of that. Yeah, at and at least this the police is,
1: like, swear an oath to the Constitution. Yeah, and I- These people saying, are just nuts. Yeah. And they it just it's a, want power.
0: And obviously it doesn't mean that cops won't still do the bidding of their governors and things like that. Look what's happening in New York City, for example, of their governors and masters, even though they swore an oath to the Constitution and therefore that they won't enforce laws that are unconstitutional, because they are, and they're doing it throughout New York City and other places that are locked down but the point is to have just a random lawless mob like that I don't see as a better replacement for what we currently have and it's uh it's concerning man and we've been, we saw a lot of things like that happening last summer uh Brent and I when we were you know just kind of digging in Washington pool and other other places and Joe Rogan, the quartering, and they were keeping up with all these these events that were happening, but through the riots and the protests, and then you had autonomous zones forming in places like Portland and places like Washington and we said, like, look, this is this is something that indicates yes there's like a cold civil war sort of happening. But now it's it's getting to the point where factions are actually forming and that's turning into like a sort of hot kind of war and now the shooting is happening. The violence is happening. And it's here. Yeah. I don't know, man. So I just
1: wanted to give a shout out to Max Public House yeah. and, and Danny Presty.
0: We're gonna have them on with a special sort of interview soon. So I'm gonna be speaking with them soon yeah.
1: about what's going on over there. But you should go over to their Instagram, give them a follow. Follow Danny Presty yeah. as the
0: Only business in New York standing up to this shit. But again, like they were in situations where here you have the cops. Right, enforcing draconian policies and laws that are actually unconstitutional. So they're not, in that sense, holding, upholding that oath that they claim to take. And that's that's what the cops are supposed to be. They're supposed to be public servants and and people who stand and defend the constitution and make sure that people get a trial, etc. It's why it's so upsetting when someone dies unjustly. <laughs> And it's actually unjust because we always feel that person at least deserves to have their side of the story told, right, in court. And that's the type of society we want to keep, hopefully. that And the court system is messed up too, you know, there's, there's all types of problems with it. And yes, it is corrupt, but we don't want to have a, a system where there's just none, you know. And we have mobs on the streets who get to determine determine when you've broken a rule or something and... Well...
1: It's like basically going back to lynch
0: mobs. Yeah. Yeah. We're,
1: we're losing a sure.
0: round. It's so, no better. It's no better than that.
1: Um, the next, well, I shouldn't
0: say it's no better. Yet yeah, lynch mobs were freaking terrible. I but. just wanted
1: to remind everybody about Jean-Luc Brunel. He was 74. He was arrested in France. Uh, close associate of Mr. Epstein. And uh, he had four different girls come forward who are now women. Here he is. You can picture him here in to around the infamous with, with and Maxwell. With Maxwell. And just to keep this fresh in your minds, folks, you know, like Prince Andrew, he's quietly vanished from all the news. This is Virginia Not talking about him. Silence. The story is just basically on hold. We don't know what's going to happen. They are driving Jelaine crazy. Allegedly, they're checking her every 15 minutes with a flashlight, not letting her sleep through the night, which is a pretty well known, established torture method. Yeah. Um, And it just seems odd that, like, they're torturing her, I guess, because it's like, you know, they. It's weird because it's the same people that control the prisons are the same people that she worked for. It's just
0: so crazy that more people aren't talking about it either, the entire story. And we're going to talk about it more, obviously, but it really is, it blows my freaking mind. I'm like, dude, like, Prince Andrew, like, this guy's like royalty, British royalty. And you would think this would be the biggest sort of story that you can think of. He's tied to this, this huge, wealthy sex trafficking ring. (laughs) why it's huge it's such a big story yeah. you then, know and, and the the then a person... former president of the united states and That's how how listener. it's like people should be so up in arms about this and it's crazy that they've turned it in into a partisan issue where they've associated with the q psyop and now if you if you talk about it and you say hey there are billionaire pedophile rings and that's a thing if you talk about it you're automatically a crazy Q conspiracy nut and it's just you get dismissed by people who are on the left or or people who just aren't used to used to talking about these things and and haven't delved into them enough to know that hey there is like a reality to this this is real and it does tie in some very high-level people yeah
1: Les Wexner is somebody who has managed to stay out of the eye of Sauron so far this is a piece from January um, of last year 2020 uh, billionaire founder, uh, accused of disgrace for Mr. Protein, vast sums of personal fortune. So basically, he has the the official narrative here is that uh, he was swindled by Epstein, you huh. know, and which is very convenient. Um, but when you talk, when you listen to stories from uh, Maria Farmer and other girls who have come forward to tell their stories, and most notably Whitney Webb. And look into the research and the people behind Epstein. There is, a, you know, there's a whole network of people behind him, and it ties into like the whole deep state and like this idea of blackmailing politicians and scientists and business leaders. We we so definitely that they need to along like
0: along with your agenda. I think we need to devote for sure like a whole episode to that eventually. Well, and I have of, a whole series. We yeah. a whole series like, on his YouTube page. channel.
1: Yeah. It's called uh, Too Big to Fail. And I, it, I go into this, there's a huge, uh, like Whitney Webb had wrote this whole big thing. Um, Shout out to her Germany again. Maxwell.
0: We've mentioned her before. Or not too big but to
1: fail. It's the, uh, I thought it was too big the fail. Maxwell family business.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Whitney Webb has done a lot of research on this stuff for us, so thanks to her, a lot of the web is being constructed. She's not the only one, obviously, but her work is really good, so we like to reference it.
1: She went into so much detail Going all the way back, yeah. going into people behind Epstein, talking about this guy, you know, whose name you'll never see in the mainstream yeah. media, Ari Ben um, getting into the other Maxwell sisters. You know, I don't know if you all know, but Gillian Maxwell has like seven siblings that are still alive and they are all still active in this like weird organizational structure. And it was this whole thing with like software called like I don't know if you heard of the promise scandal or anything, but there's like a whole backstory here that's like just so much it's mind blowing, and I don't really want to get into it right yeah. now because no, it would we'll take like, like four hours well, like just I, to talk.
0: Like I said, we I've need talked about it on my channel. We need to, I think, devote an actual episode to digging into these things more and naming some names and making some bigger connections and. It'll probably be when we have Caitlyn on the show. So she will be our Yes, we will come back to Mr. Yeah.
1: Epstein, but I definitely want to I want to keep him fresh in your guys' mind because he's such a
0: key. Point we don't want people to the forget information that.
1: war. Yeah. You know, they're doing this thing now where they're anybody talking about child trafficking, anybody talking about elite psychopathy or satanic elites, they just dismiss you as a QAnon crazy. Like, "Oh, that's cute yeah. whatever." No. Yeah. Like that was the psyop, people. You have been yeah. Psyoped. That's First came psy-op. flat earth, then came QAnon. Yeah. And they are like the connection is pretty obvious like they're just they wanted to see how many people they could get caught up in this net and then label them all as one thing and that's exactly what they did with the July 6th rally too They, they, they there was probably like 100,000 or, or 200,000 maybe even more people probably, there honestly, to, to, to complain against if, the, the thing that it happened it felt like
0: a million to me it, was it so felt like a lot, people. People. It it anyway, was a lot of people but anyway they
1: were there to protest they were there to express themselves peacefully and to assemble and to support the then president and you know what that was all perfectly fine that was all perfectly legal until a very small percentage, you know, maybe a few hundred, who had planned in advance. You know, John Sullivan was there, and he said that they had planned this in advance, that they were going to do something illegal and cause problems and tried to disrupt the proceedings. Yeah. And then what happened? The media jumped on it and used it to white or to, to crazy wash the whole thing and to ignore the very real part of the story, which was that you know hundreds of thousands of people showed up to say, no, this is wrong and we object. And like, how dare you ignore us?
0: Yeah, well, people use that. I've said this before, people use the language of the unheard argument in regards to Black Lives Matter and these movements doing such actions. But can't see the blind spot in applying that to these massive amount of conservatives and Trump supporters who really truly felt that their voices weren't being heard. Right. And also,
1: like you want to talk about the degree of violence between the BLM, you know, well, events want, all across the country, and then the event that happened on January sixth. Like they're not even comparable. They're not. But like, I the did. Dollar want, amount I wanted damage, to make the
0: number of dead. I wanted to make like, a devil's advocate point though, and that people do use the same argument and say, "Hey, the media is going to try to use the." or they'll probably say the conservative media in this case, will, will use these few instances of riots and looting and try to discredit our entire movement of Black Lives Matter, which is mostly peaceful protesters. And there's a bit to that, I guess, that is true, yes. And obviously the conservatives are going to be more biased towards wanting to point out the riots and stuff. But in the degree, like Brent said, and the amount of stuff that actually happened between the two sides, Trump supporters aren't rioters and looters. They just they don't do that. It's not... It just doesn't happen you know yeah there's a lot of gun-toting ones and there's a lot of militia types and sure there's those couple few like supremacist Confederate flag-waving weirdos but for the most part they're not that type conservatives don't riot and break things on the other side though we have seen that and even if a large amount of Black Lives Matter protesters were truly in their hearts peaceful and their intent was to peacefully protest the problem is how many of them are either silent about the abhorrent behavior associated with the movement or find a way to excuse it in some way and say that okay well but it's okay because black pain or slavery or whatever thing they need to use to excuse it and i don't think there is an excuse for it i think the more that blm did that the more they just further discredited their movement and the further they pushed save other people away from the movement who may have been more willing to listen to grievances that they feel are obviously really important grievances, despite the fact that they're based on uh, misunderstood numbers and statistics that the media is ske- skewering to paint a narrative that's not exactly true of victimology. But yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll move on a bit from there. So
1: just to re- for reference, folks, um, these are my YouTube videos on Miss Maxwell and the family business of espionage. That's from four months ago. You can see they're they're actually like kind of popular on my channel. Uh, this the first one had 272 views. This one had 100 views, 66, 247. So it to the, the race Paul Allen, we'll like Isabel Maxwell, like her father and his connections to the Mossad. Like there is a whole big thing yeah. back there, and it, you can really take. It. Take some time and explore it on my channel.
0: And every time there's updates on this story, you know we like to come back to we it. We like to come back to it, and we will because again, we don't want people to forget um, that this happened. And we, it's it's too big, it's too important. You know, if there's one thing I feel people should be able to unite behind, it's it's to protect our children. And if if this is true, and we know it's true to this extent, but I mean, if this goes bigger than just mere Epstein, and when you look at the amount of children that go missing. There's a lot to imply that it does. It should should not be a political thing to say, hey, we must protect our children, black, white, Asian, gay, straight, trans, whatever. If children are being abused and it's happening in in a collective, organized manner and and lots of money is being put behind it and these people just get away with it and get away with it, you should want to know about that. You should want to have that investigated. You should want to have more answers for that. And where are the children? And in regards to Epstein and all the girls who come out and talked, where are they? There's
1: like four girls that are, four women that are involved in the legal case against Jelaine and only four out of yeah. thousands of girls that were witnessed by these other girls.
0: Yeah. So hashtag, where are the girls? The girls. <laughs> and not just girls because we know it's ha- it has to be happening to all different types of children. And I'm sure amongst the elite, there are a multitude of creepy um,
1: predilections
0: predilections that they have and tastes etc and there's probably a specific dealer for each of them a specific epstein type of character who operates a similar type of business and and there could even be painters
1: particular sure. tastes and
0: just like epstein's you know <laughs> Uh, mission that he was running clearly i'm sure some of those things also involve blackmail in the same way that that he was using blackmail against people like prince andrew and clinton etc so how deep does it go you should want to know we want to know so we're not going to keep talking about it and we're not going to pretend that it's not real simply because people will dismiss you, you as a cute Q- talking about it cue conspiracy theorists all right we're gonna move on so pause
1: i'm gonna run to bathroom yeah. record and we're back so, I just wanted to give you guys an update on the Richard Brooks story. I don't know if you are familiar with Richard Brooks. I did a video on him before. Uh, he had, fell asleep drunk in a parking lot in Wendy's. The Wendy's. In Georgia, I think it was. And that poor he... Wendy's
0: got burned to the ground.
1: <laughs> <coughs> oh, excuse me. And he ended up getting shot and killed because he wrestled a taser away from the police and then ran away and shot it at them and the police shot and killed him. Yeah. And so there's an update to the story.
0: Oh, where is and it? it? This was a good example, too, of one of the things people just reacted to emotionally immediately and started protesting. And just the anger came out and before they even had the full footage. And even when the full footage came out, it's like, protesters didn't even care anymore. It's like, they still burned the Wendy's down that it happened that, And it's like... What the hell, man? The Wendy's didn't even do anything. People worked at that Wendy's. Yeah, it's terrible food. You probably shouldn't be eating it. Okay,
1: so the officer that was involved in the shooting is being reinstated. This is the officer. His name's that. I don't want to say it. Um, He was uh, fired, but then he got reinstated because of uh, the Civilian Review Board basically viewed that there was a violation of his due process, That's right to due process. And so they granted the appeal to him being fired, and he was reinstated. now this does not affect the fact that he is still being charged with criminal um, criminal charges so uh, where is that appeal wrote dismissal backing your charges against him still remain. Uh, the civil service board emphasized that they are not responsible with determining if his actions were criminal in nature and will not make any reference so. Um, the, the case is still moving forward, apparently. Uh, Mayor Bottoms stands by her original decision to terminate him in the incident shortly after death. Her defense says, given the volatile state of our city and nation last summer, the decision to terminate this officer after he fatally shot Mr. Brooks in the back was the right thing to do. She added, had immediate action not been taken, I firmly believe that the public safety crisis we experienced during that time would have been significantly worse.
0: So what, is what she does saying that there, sound folks? like, guys? What is she saying? She's saying that we
1: capitulated to the demands of terrorists because otherwise they would have done terrible things. Terrorists, Brett? Well, what do you, It's the, the, what's the definition of terrorism, folks? The definition of terrorism is willing to use violence and fear of your violent behavior in order to push your political agenda or to achieve your political goals. Yeah. So when you are rioting or threatening a riot or threatening any sort of civil disturbance or violence or or whatever in the name of pushing a political agenda. You know, that is not first amendment activity. That is not what this mm-hmm. country is based on. This well, according party,
0: according to Governor Cuomo, it's first it's first amendment activity, right?
1: Well, of course, because they want you <laughs> it's a psychological operation, folks. They want you rioting for the things that they say. They want you, they want to crack a little whip and then everybody dances
0: to their fucking tune. Yeah. Ooh. I said the F word, oh, and you told me to be careful. I haven't cursed at all this show. Whoops.
1: Well, we're still not monetized, so it doesn't matter. Well, I said the S We're practicing word, but... for monetization because we do believe eventually we'll have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, assuming we'll see. we don't get
1: eliminated first.
0: Assuming we even make it to that point, but YouTube is already coming for a tiny little channel, so who knows? We'll so
1: see. So we're gonna have to wait and see what happens in the case of Rayshard Brooks and the officer that shot yeah. and killed him. But you know,
0: just to comment, really quick on it. I personally think that this shooting was rather justified and I've seen arguments made and you know tasers can knock a person out it is possible it's kind of what they're intended to do so if that cop was don't fight with the police people he, he stole the taser from that officer the officer tried to fight him he tried to you know get him to comply didn't shoot him he gave him all these chances you know and tried to wrestle him and get him to comply steals the taser runs away goes and turns to shoot the taser at the officer the officer fires at him and it's like look that officer did get hit with the taser and it happened to take him down yes his life would have been in even more danger and they are trained to respond in that way that they did to prevent that if you steal the weapon even if it's a taser you are you are probably asking for a cop to shoot you Um, it's it's Unfortunate, but it is what it is, you know, and this is I don't, also a case I don't see this as a case to protest for. It doesn't help your movement. It's not going to, you know, we want police reform and we want to address the actual incidents where they were in the wrong. And this was not one of them. So This
1: is also a good reason to justify for enhanced training of officers where they have more martial arts training, mm-hmm. that they are better at grappling because yeah. they need, apparently they need the training. Because if, you, if, if an officer can get a weapon grappled away from him, yeah. that's not good. It's not. Uh, that makes a person who is somewhat dangerous even more dangerous now because of his interaction with the police. Yeah. So I think, you know, it makes the case that these officers need to be better trained.
0: Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, like, what did the Wendy's have to do with the incident? Okay, Daniel, let's let the, yeah, let the I, go. Yeah, but I just, it's, it proves a point because it's like, look, you're you're burning, okay. you're burning down a business We're in a neighborhood. On. You know, and it's not helping the neighborhood. It's just a emotional reaction to the event because, you know you want to make noise and get attention all right yeah moving on so was this Chauvin juror defense participation in Washington protest
1: Hmm. so the jurors were asked if they had participated in any of the protest actions against you know the situation before they were drafted and one juror apparently lied about his participation in a protest, one of the jurors who was convicted, who convicted Derek Chauvin in the murder, defended his participation in a protest last summer in D.C. Following online speculation about his motives for serving on the jury and whether it might not be grounds for an appeal, hmm. a photo posted to social media shows Brandon Mitchell, who is black, attending the August 28th event to commemorate Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech during the 63 march in Washington. Floyd's brother uh, and sister, Philanise and Bridget Floyd, and relatives of others who have been shot by police addressed the crowd. That photo recently circulated our online <coughs> shows Mitchell standing with two cousins wearing a t-shirt with a picture of King and the words, get your knees off our necks and BLM for Black Lives Matter. Chauvin knelt on Floyd's neck for nine minutes, 29 seconds, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mitchell, 31, t- acknowledged being at the event that his uncle posted the photo, but he doesn't recall wearing or owning the shirt. <laughs> Mitchell was one of the 12 jurors who convicted him of second and third degree m- murder and second degree manslaughter. The first juror to go public spoke to several media outlets last week, including the AP. I'd never been to D.C., he said, as reasons for attending the event. The opportunity to go, the opportunity to be around thousands and thousands of black people. I thought that was a good opportunity to be a part of something. Um, they have not returned messages from the AP seeking comment. Um, says this isn't enough to overturn Chauvin's conviction, but could be combined with other issues. For example, the frequent announcement of a massive civil settlement to the Floyd family during jury selection. So this was before the actual trial, the civil, uh, tr- the civil complaint against Floyd was, was settled to the tune of what, $27 million, I believe, went from taxpayers to the Floyd family. Um, so you could say that that definitely impacted the ability of the jurors to give an impartial verdict. Uh, the presence of this guy you know, that could impact it. The fact that we had the Speaker of the House in the street, which I don't see this article mentioning. Of course they're not
0: gonna mention Maxine Waters,
1: but No, they didn't mention Maxine Waters yeah. at all. Or any of the other politicians, you know, that were sort of cheerleading well, I think it, for the right outcome. You know, the so president
0: himself said that they wanted the right outcome. The takeaway from it is that yes, there was clearly a con conflict of interest <laughs> amongst you know a story like this where you have a juror who clearly does have a particular political position or leaning in regards to the issue of like right, the Black Lives Matter movement and the Derek Chauvin incident and it just i mean it shows the failing there's something there's something really wrong with the system right now and I think uh the mobs and and the burning stuff and the breaking stuff and the doxing and the threats it certainly had an influence on the decision in that case and it's why every charge they hit him with stuck because i think none of the none of the jury wanted to be the one to say hey well maybe this isn't the right verdict maybe we shouldn't be hitting him with all three because they're not even the same verdict they were just like whatever give them what they want these people are mad they're angry we don't want them to continue burning stuff and breaking stuff and and harming other people and it's a crisis, and we want to try to calm them down. So let's just give them what they want. And is that how we want our justice system to run? You know, and I think that's what you should be asking yourself, even if you're happy about the verdict of, you know, what happened with with Derek Chauvin.
1: And also, are we going to get meaningful police reform, or are we just yeah. going to have police leaving in droves and being replaced by? You know, like, yeah. armed Antifa crazies. And
0: also more just hollow gestures, like just painting Black Lives Matter on a street and being like, all right, we help the black community. It's just actually criminal. <laughs> it's 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 dumb, man. And So,
1: anyway, moving on. Um, speaking of the crazy that is happening out there in the world, there was the shooting uh, by a sixth grade girl yeah, at a school in Idaho, which is just nuts. Like, she shot uh, three people? Yeah. Sixth grade girl shoots three at Idaho Middle School and is disarmed by female teacher police. Thankfully, nobody died. Yeah.
0: Go go, really teacher. So that, that teacher, man, handling that situation in that way. That's very brave of her. But
1: this was... When did this happen? May six. Today's was today May 7. So it was either Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday morning. It, it doesn't say in the article. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm assuming it
0: was yesterday. yesterday. It says 9 a.m. Uh, I guess. Maybe
1: yeah. it was yesterday. It
0: was yesterday. Yesterday morning. Yeah, crazy. Um,
1: not that much different. Three hurt. Thankfully, nobody's dead. But who, like, what? If you've got a gun in the house, people, your sixth grade girl better not be able to get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand.
0: Who knows? Like, there could be a lot of safety. things going on with um, this. This
1: was also nasty. Two Asian women were beaten with a cinder block in Baltimore. Um, let's see, is there, there might be video of this too. Yeah, there is video.
0: Yeah, we have to be careful showing the video on here, though.
1: Oh, yeah. So, basically, it just shows... Here's some clips. This dude, like, breaks into, like, a Asian food store and beats these two women with, like, a piece of a cinder block. This is said, Daryl Doles, 50, was arrested for attacking two Asian women with a cinder block.
0: <laughs> hey, stop Asian hate, right? Hashtag stop Asian hate.
1: It's right. just ridiculous. These it is ridiculous. Women, it's ridiculous because
0: a lot of that stop Asian hate movement was rallying against white supremacy and that was like the big rallying call mine the movement and it's, it's like you're not gonna call out these incidents too and the fact that there are a lot of black people who clearly hold some racist sentiments towards Asians so
1: this was funny too Kamala Harris and her husband kissed with their masks on
0: yeah they I saw that peck. I saw that it's so fucking
1: they, where's the little peck come on let's see it let's see it or maybe not
0: it's ridiculous this, this whole charade <laughs>
1: Everybody wearing a mask.
0: It's just fire it's so stupid. Talk about okay, signaling. Wait.
1: There they go. Oh, there it is. Like
0: you couldn't <laughs> pull it down. You couldn't like... Just for that one Bye, moment. You, like, you, you sleep in the same freaking bed as this person. You, <laughs> oh, you know, you it's make. So I imagine they have sex, so it's just, what the hell, dude? Maybe not. It's, it's signaling. <laughs> it's signaling. It's so freaking obvious what it is. It's, it's all about so how it weird. appears, you know? It's just people are walking around thinking, oh, I'm protecting other people, and it's just like. Can't say too much on that though, because if we make any of our own
1: suggestions
0: about what we think about the masks no, and whether or not we think can't they're okay, can't say it.
1: Can't say it.
0: It's a uh, can't say it. Dancing on dangerous. Censored. not Censored. Censored. Yeah. Well, you should I wanted to
1: talk about John Sullivan because he is, you know, he's the infamous Capitol rioter. Another story,
0: just like Epstein, that we can't let die.
1: On the front lines, folks. He was there, you know, like normal people that went, watched the president speak, and then walked down ooh, and then knocked, walked down to, to the Capitol and, like, hung out outside, and we're just, like, checking it out and people were playing music and, and waving flags and giving speeches and it was it was very, like, festival-ish. Very calm. And then we saw some people that were going to go push their way in. And they tried to, like, you know, they're like, oh, we're gonna storm the Capitol, come with us. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. nothing. I don't want anything to do with that. What's, what's
0: crazy, though, is, like, when you see, when you watch the full footage, that Sullivan and his little partner that he had with him—I forgot her name—caught from that day, obviously, which wasn't all shown on CNN and what was the other major media outlet that he sold the footage to? Uh, I think it was NBC. NBC. Like, obviously, they're only going to show the clip he got of the Ashley Babbitt shooting. And what's fascinating is that John Sullivan got the best footage of that event. He was there. To get it, and that was like the most shocking thing too that happened inside of the Capitol, and it's like there he was, right there in the moment, you know, to capture it, and then he goes and he sells that footage. How much was it? Then sold for
1: thirty-five thousand a pop. Yeah, sold to NBC yeah. and CNN for a total of dollars. Yeah, 000.
0: and like you're you're telling us that there was no sort of plan before to court documents, I don't buy that because it's like when you, when you watch that full footage, like I said, which is it's online, you can find it he is clearly instigating in that footage he he's trying to rally people up he's directing them into the building himself he's pretending like he's a part of it he's saying let's burn this shit down right mm. rallying up these people clearly trying to create more excitement right to capture something that was the point the point was to push the situation to that point where they can capture something that they can then use against trump in the situation and again charlie chester I'm bringing it up again because He's on on camera admitting that CNN had a concerted effort to remove orange man from office. <laughs> and then here you go, you have a plant who gets into the front lines, who rouses up these Trump supporters and protesters and joins in on the action, has his camera there and is ready to capture the shooting of Ashley Babbitt right when it happens and then it's right on right on the media immediately and he makes money off of it. I don't know. I have a feeling that he already had a contact beforehand. <laughs> That was well, a plan. He even said you know? that in days in
1: advance that, they, that he knew that people yes. were going to be doing that. And, and he if is... he knew, the government knew. You can't tell me they didn't. Yes. If he right. knew, the government knew. They allowed knew. people in. They wanted to capture yes. it. Uh, I, t- I want to recommend Nightcrawler to yes. people because John Sullivan's case really reminds me of this movie. It's with Jake Gyllenhaal, amazing acting, amazing writing, I've really, seriously really it. good film, Rene so, Rousseau, Bill Paxton.
0: It's a good, it's a good example
1: of so the So good. The highlight is when Lewis Bloom, a con man, desperate fork, muscles into the world of LA crime journalism, he blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. So
0: it, it's a good example of I think the very type familiar. of people who are attracted to the larger major media industry and the types of things that they will do to increase ratings or to capture the most shocking thing to make sure that their channel is doing better than the other so picture you know when you watch nightcrawler picture that type of pathological personality and picture those types of dealings and that type of you know looking for the story and making it if it's not there picture that on a much larger scale With also like orders coming down the line, perhaps from intelligence agencies, arms dealers, politicians. Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, etc., cetera, et cetera. Interesting you know? side
1: point about the uh, killing of Parler, too. They accused Parler of being a source where these these rioters had planned yeah. their activities when actually, in, after the fact, it was revealed that most of the organization occurred on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. But Facebook was not taken offline. No, they Facebook weren't. Facebook was not censured. No, they weren't. Facebook was you know, totally left alone to do its thing and had one of their competitors eliminated.
0: Look, all of this stuff is highly suspicious. And like we said earlier, we have our criticisms of Trump and there's quite a few of them, but that doesn't change the reality of this stuff. It doesn't change the fact that these shady red flags about everything that happened that day, how the election played out, the rules being changed. Also last interesting, minute,
1: interesting um, about the family history of Mr. Uh, Sullivan his father is was a u.s air force general who was caught with loose nukes media now has a name to show left-wing agitators who were at the capital six john sullivan man so radical black lives matter kicked him out that was also an interesting side story i've done a lot of videos on john sullivan on my youtube channel i check i suggest you check them out for some history there
0: this is his father who adopted him were you able to confirm this though i remember we kind of did some digging Um, there's
1: very little information about this this comes, I believe, through uh, Jeff Stevens. It's shockyanews.com I mean, or peop- mean, People are going to be like, oh, my God, he has like Whatever. an all-seeing
0: eye as his avatar. You can't trust this guy, and um, this conspiracy website.
1: So <laughs> what was his father? John's father, retired Major General Kevin J. Sullivan of the U.S. Air Force, was caught in a shady deal transferring nuclear fuses via Taiwan. The official paperwork swept it under the rug and sent him off with a slap on the wrist forced retirement in order to keep the incident quiet. Uh, But even acting Air Force Secretary Michael Donnelly told NBC News at the time, I cannot ignore the breach of trust. Read this to mean too many people knew about what happened just to keep it a secret. The unleashing of the fuses wasn't discovered until 2008, an aerospace industry analyst with intelligence ties and knowledge of the case told us. So we have a little, like, anonymous sources here. So, like, you know, use your own judgment on this information. But who knows what else he gave away before he was caught into whom? Our best guess is that Beijing was working to get supplies through Tehran. Sullivan went on to take a lucrative job brokering military contracts typical hush money type deal. Here's how it looks to me said the analyst. Dad was sidelined and then the son was indoctrinated to into a Trojan horse for the Chinese. Maybe he thought it was for the ideological reasons the bottom levels people often do but the courts almost certainly involved in massive amounts of money.
0: Honestly, who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, who knows? I, but like... I don't know how accurate this stuff Shitties. is. I don't know exactly what Sullivan's connections are to the big media machine and how deep they are but I, I did sp- end up up on
1: CNN that night,
0: I suspect there was a already a contact made, right, between him and MSNBC and CNN, clearly, and he was definitely there to row up the protesters to direct them to doing something illegal or to doing something shocking or crazy, so he could catch it on camera. So I, you know, I really recommend you you look more into the story and you. You know, I think that full footage is really important too. I don't know if you can find it, Brent, but that full video.
1: Oh, it's online. Yeah, you can find
0: of, it, of, this is just to show that him of him in the crowd, his, and then before he gets in the building, then then when he goes in the building, filmmaker,
1: and, lady, friend, compatriot. I don't know yeah, what her name. Is. She
0: was the one shooting with him.
1: I found her name before. I forget what it is, but they were on Anderson Cooper yep. that night. Yeah. Right out here, it was this January eighth. Like two days later, the night, like, whatever. It was close.
0: I don't know if we could (laughs) play it. They might flag that No, 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 we can't play anything. I don't want to... But, you know, I kind of just, I wanted to make a point just about it, and it relates to all the things we've been talking about in regards to BLM and the media and, you know, how they're painting the January 6th event and what they've done in the past and just about propaganda and and the fact that...
1: Share the book to the camera.
0: Yes. so, I don't know if people have heard of this book, but we're going to try to do this more often on the show, where we actually reference things to read that could realistically help people understand what's happening in the world. Because knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, and we truly believe that. That's why we're doing the show. So, you know, this is a book called Propaganda by Edward Bernays. It um, has an introduction by, look, Mark Crispin Miller. Oh,
1: Mark Crispin Miller! Yeah, who
0: we've talked about, too, on the show, and he was on Corbett Report recently. Do you want to give a little bit? Mark Crispin Miller was an
1: associate professor at NYU who taught a course on propaganda for over two decades from the late 90s to, like, 2019-ish.
0: Yeah, and he's been recently canceled. recently. It was 2020, I think. He's been recently canceled, quote-unquote, because of his positions about the lockdowns and the things on people's faces because he was doing uh, his
1: job too yes good.
0: because he was asking students to think critically about the policies about real
1: propaganda
0: and to question them and how much of it is scientifically valid and how much of it is just propaganda oh. so oh. now really quick on Bernays Edward Bernays was the nephew right or was a Grant great nephew I don't know I think he was the nephew of Sigmund Freud if I'm not mistaken and Basically, you know, just briefly, what Ed Bernays did was, through his own research, he took, like, the sort of the crowd psychology theories of Gustave Le Bon, who wrote a book called The Crowd, and, um, you know, his uncle's psychoanalytic theories in his research, and he sort of started to combine them together into an organized study of propaganda, but also an organized sort of method of how to use propaganda propaganda and to control the public mind of the masses so I'm gonna read a little bit from this book I'm not going to read too much but I do want to highlight some really key points here that I think could help people understand Maybe great uncle I mean just just the opening lines of the book in chapter one I think are worth. Freud was his great uncle yeah FYI so here's the opening paragraph of the book and it's I think pretty telling in and of itself he says you know it's called organizing chaos is the chapter The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Bam! First paragraph of the book, he says, We are governed, second paragraph, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as a smoothly functioning society. Our invisible governors are, in many cases, unaware of the identity of their fellow members in the inner cabinet. Interesting. They govern us by their qualities of natural leadership, their ability to supply needed ideas, and by their key position in the social structure. Whatever attitude one chooses toward this condition, it remains a fact that in almost every act of our daily lives, whether in the sphere of politics, Or business, in our social conduct, or our ethical thinking, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons—a trifling fraction of our hundred and twenty million. Wow, that was the population back then. Who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses? Mm. Do you hear that? Say it again who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses. Mm. It is they who pull the wires in which control the public mind, who harness our social forces and contrive new ways to bind and guide the world. Ooh. And, I mean, there's more there. Puppet master. I'm going to go on. I'm going to read a couple other sections here, so I'm going to skip
1: a bit. Are you going to go on?
0: Yeah, I wanted to read a little more just because I think this stuff is, like, super important. And go on. Um, you know people are always asking what can we read what books are out there how do we understand what's going on and so i'm going to read a little bit more and then i'm going to make one more point and then we are gonna move on but this is chapter three the new propagandists he says who are the men who without realizing it give us our ideas tell us whom to admire and whom to despise what to believe about the ownership of public utilities about the tariff about the price of rubber, about the Dawes plan, I have to look into that, about immigration, who tell us how our houses should be designed, what furniture we should put into them, what menus we should serve at our table, what kind of shirts we must wear, what sports we should indulge in, what plays we should see, what charities we should support, what pictures we should admire, and what slang we should affect, what jokes we should laugh at. If we set out to make a list of the men and women who, because of their position in public life, might fairly be called the molders of public opinion, we could quickly arrive at an extended list of persons who's mentioned in who's who. It would obviously include the President of the United States and the members of his cabinet. The senators and representatives in Congress, the governors of the 48 states, the presidents of the chambers of commerce in our 100 largest cities, the chairman of the boards of directors of our 100 or more largest industrial corporations, the president of many of the labor unions affiliated in the American Federation of Labor, the national president of each of, and he goes on, he goes on, right? Various people in these positions. Such a list would comprise several thousand persons, but. It is well known that many of these leaders are themselves led, sometimes by persons whose names are known to few. Many a congressman, in framing his platform, follows the suggestions of a district boss whom few persons outside the political machines have ever heard of. Eloquent uh, divines may have great influence in their communities, but often take their doctrines from a higher ecclesiastical authority. The presidents of the chambers of commerce mold the thought of local businessmen concerning public issues, but the opinions which they promulgate are usually derived from some national authority. And here's an important point. A presidential candidate may be drafted in response to a quote, overwhelming popular demand but it is well known that his name may be decided upon by a half dozen men sitting around a table in a hotel room. Mm. Right, so it's just, in some instances, the powers of invisible wire pullers is flagrant, Mm. but the power of the invisible cabinet, which deliberated at the poker table in a certain little greenhouse in Washington has become a national legend. There was a period in which the major policies of the national government were dictated by a single man, Mark Hanna. A, a Simmons may for a few years succeed in marshalling millions of men um, on a platform of intolerance and violence So, the point here overall is there are, he says, invisible rulers who control the destinies of millions, it is not generally realized to what extent the words and actions of our most influent, influential public men are dictated by shrewd persons operating behind the scenes and then one more quote, I'm skipping ahead He says, the invisible government tends to be concentrated in the hands of the few because of the expense of manipulating the social machinery which controls the opinions and habits of the masses. To advertise on a scale which will reach 50 million persons is expensive. To reach and persuade the group of leaders who dictate the public's thoughts and actions is likewise expensive. So, you know, why am I mentioning all this? I'm mentioning all of this because these people who run the secret government read this stuff they are interested in this they study the the mind of the masses and they do research to try to figure out how to mold the mind of the masses how to refine propaganda how to make it more effective more more powerful and why is that important it's important because these are the tools being used against you and it's not that the information isn't out there it's there you just have to be willing to look for it and personally if this is really happening and if People like us with the with freaking podcast, you know, and hardly any money can figure out that, whoa, you know, there are methods by which we can mold and shape massive amounts of people if we have enough money and enough resources to do it. Who's to say that that isn't exactly what is being done by people with enough resources and money? to do it, you know? That's just paranoid conspiracy Sure. Theory, paranoid Daniel.
1: conspiracy theories. You sound like a
0: QAnon crazy. QAnon crazy, but it's just, look, propaganda is a very real thing. It's everywhere. There's all types of it. What we're doing, in a sense, according to Bernays definition in the book, also qualifies as propaganda. It's, it's us propagating these ideas, right? Propagating this discussion, trying to present you with a new point of view and to get you on board to be interested but bernays you know was working with political campaigns he was working with different companies and corporations to help them sell a product and just like you can use crowd psychology and, and consumer habits and study that to refine your way to sell a product you can do this as well to refine a way to sell an idea or to sell a, a social behavior or to sell a political candidate speaking of um, selling ideas yeah
1: apparently a lot of the reporters that are covering the uh, so-called illness of last year are not doing so well. (laughs) This comes from May 6th. It's a studyhall.xyz article by Olivia Messer or Messier, I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name. Um, An underpaired industry is losing a generation of journalists to despair, trauma, and moral injury as they cover the story of a lifetime. Uh, and apparently she was working at the Daily Beast, and she said she needed to quit um, as the head reporter of the illness, and she couldn't even say the word quit.
0: Maybe the propaganda they're having to push is starting to get to them. She said, <laughs> in
1: between meetings, interviews, and filing stories, she was falling apart. Uh, she's writing poems about uh, uh, terminating her own existence. She went on whole days without eating. At one point, she collapsed on the floor from dehydration. She was having so much stress that she was vomiting. She got a sty. She wasn't getting out of bed. She was crying a lot. She was having nightmares about being uh, penetrated in ways that are not fun. Uh, about seeing her co-workers <laughs> Is that perish your
0: way? in fire. Have to figure out um, better better ways to replace those words. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, sorry, I'm new at this. We're working at it. Uh, so. You know she would have she'd be restless and, and afraid to sleep she'd be angry or anxious you know filled
0: with shame so, what, what like. is the, what are they trying to what is the point in the article what are they so really it's just trying saying to say that
1: here? like a lot of the a couple of reporters are not doing very well so after she announced her resignation another reporter stepped down from her job over at the texas tribune citing a relentless and a breakneck pace at which she'd been working for the past year she burnt herself out um and then this other person, Millie Tron, from the Tribune's chief product officer, announced that she too is also leaving for taking a break. And it's just funny because it strikes me that like these reporters are all getting burnt out. This comes from Bruce Shapiro, he's the executive director Uh, for the dart center studying journalism and trauma and an adjunct professor at columbia university graduate school of journalism he compared moral injury which was first studied in soldiers and journalists who cover war and zones and terror attacks to pouring gasoline on the fire of trauma is what he says so an editor suggests basically a moral injury is a psychological term done for the damage when a person feels that they might have perpetuated witness or failed to prevent acts huh. that violate their moral and ethical yeah. values. Yeah. So these journalists at some point uh, deep in their selves and their beings, you know, perhaps they have a conscience yeah. and they realize that what they're contributing to the hive mind isn't exactly of a honest and... Uh, shall we say, uh, coming from a good place. You know, it's more geared to sell clicks and to generate, you know, maybe perhaps fear because we know fear sells. That's what Charlie Chester well, said. Well, they're
0: also, they're part of this bigger system too, you know, and ultimately, I hate to say it, but like they're just doing their jobs, right? And often that that is kind of, or just following orders, right? But often that is this, this argument or I should say excuse used by people in power propagating really terrible ideas or actions. Um, And then it's used later by people who followed, right, and performed those actions as an excuse for the things that they did. But I think the fact that some of these people are feeling bad, I think you're correct in that assessment. Perhaps there are some of them are realizing like, wow, you know, I just contributed to the chaos happening in the world. I didn't really help. I didn't do like real journalism. I didn't inform people and try to calm them down with the actual facts and the actual numbers. I further hysteris- hystericized them. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these journalists did uh, decide to quit, you know, because because of that.
1: So this just an interesting... But also, yeah, it. workload,
0: you know? I'm sure I'm sure the workload is high, too. And if some quit, then more have to do more work. But I also I find it a little hard to feel bad for some of these people. Like, they have some of the highest-paying jobs. They they peddle this crap, you know, and they call it news. It's just there, there's there's so much manipulation happening. I and... have a
1: little more in the YouTube-friendly portion that we can get to. Um, I wanted to talk about the situation of Florida... They passed this new social media legislation, which basically means if you have a platform with more than 100 million uh, followers, you can't de-platform candidates, especially, because it's not fair, you know, to, to deplatform one and to platform another. Uh, this was a point they brought up on TimCast. you know, like uh, they had a, uh, young lady who was on there and who wasn't blue check verified. And when you're blue check verified, it gives you certain advantages over other candidates because, you know, it sort of says that, you know, being blue check verified is like Twitter's endorsement of you basically. And so if Twitter endorses you, you know, it's like, oh, this is a real person, you know, whatever. And they made the point that it helps people. And Twitter is sort of giving, like putting their little finger on the scales. And you want to talk about interfering in our democracy? You want to talk about meddling in elections? Like look, look no further than Twitter and Facebook, and it's really bizarre how that the Brent the they were sinister... fortifying
0: the election. Yes, what are you talking fortifying. about, Brent? They were fortifying the election. <laughs> come on, so, remember that Time article?
1: It's it's interesting. It's going to be cool to see what happens here with this Florida bill. Um, I'm very excited to see where it goes. And what's going to happen? They might make it so that you can't ban people on social media. Yeah. Well, Florida is Florida,
0: yeah. seeming like the last bastion of freedom in this freaking country, honestly.
1: And uh, Ron DeSantis recently sort of like got rid of the, um, the mask mandates there.
0: Well, he lifted the lockdowns and opened everything up. I don't know about the mask mandates because I remember seeing that he extended that for schools. So I'm still confused about that. But basically, I think it's on he signed an executive order that by July 1st, all restrictions would be lifted completely everywhere. And he signed an advanced order basically saying that uh, various uh, counties can't enforce those mandates upon people or force them. I think it was something like that. But
1: Florida Florida's intent on going back
0: back to normal, you know, and you can see it as fighting back, but there was another point I saw that was brought up by, um, I think it was Ian Smith from Italis Gym in Belmar, New Jersey. But he mentioned like, hey, you know, yes, it's great that DeSantis did all this, but let's not lose lose you know attention on the fact that these governors having this sort of executive order power to just close things or open things whenever they want is the real sort of issue here and it's great you know you'll praise it when a governor does it correctly and it's something that you like and it favors you but don't lose focus from the fact that like it's what got us into the mess too to begin with that governors were just creating these executive orders and saying let's close everything and it's great that he opened everything right but I think that's a good point to remember, that we can't lose focus on the fact that it's an issue. You know, so government is have about too much power, perhaps.
1: Mike Carnival. Mike Carnival um, was trying to, uh, he owns a gym owner in Broward County, and he's been arrested multiple times for refusing to enforce mask use mm-hmm. inside his business. Yep. Um, they arrested him, he's 31, over violation of their emergency order, which requires people to wear masks to help produce the spread of the contagious uh, disease. It's funny. The they, illness.
0: They don't even name it.
1: <laughs> um, he says, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the lines? We've lost perspective. We lost common sense, mm. he said in an interview last month. He was arrested before. He's got pending civil case and a pending misdemeanor charge. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of disappointing that it's happening again. Second time I've come here to try to work out, and I'm hearing that Jim owner got arrested again, a member said. According to the Florida Health Department, the latest data says that there are 60,000 cases of the mysterious illness, with uh, 782 deaths in Broward County. Yeah.
0: So, Max Public House have been talking to the, to this guy as well, so they're in in touch and they've and been promoting this story him on and spreading Instagram. it. But uh, where's the You know, it's his, his story is a good example of the Cardinal. fact that not everywhere in Florida is this place of freedom and openness that we think it is and yes even though it's a it's a red state there are still certain areas where these stupid policies are being enforced um and it's just it's absurd Broward County clearly is you I guess at this point they're defying they're away by
1: the police
0: is this an old video or uh
1: this is this is one day ago it's yeah, think, County, Florida. I think this is the most recent time. I
0: think he got yeah, arrested again. And they're basically at this point, aren't they defying DeSantis' orders? So Uh yeah, it sounds like the yeah. they are. So I'm curious. I you know, I hope he fights this and he wins the case. And, and it's interesting to see
1: police here. We have police enforcing what would be like ostensibly yeah. illegal orders.
0: This is just like in New York
1: City with the BLM mural, which so. violates local law. We have police defending it yeah. and local city officials defending it when the permitting process was not followed and the mural on the street is technically illegal.
0: Rules for thee, not for me. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. So a, don't give into it follow man.
1: mike he's mike carnival wellness uh on instagram give him a shout out give him a follow
0: look make your own mind up about um, these issues look up these things read about the masks read about the stuff and how much of it do you really think does make sense and try to make up your own mind you know don't don't let youtube and other platforms tell you what is allowed to be talked about and what questions you're allowed to ask or what not allowed to ask it's propaganda man it's propaganda
1: Um, This is interesting, just to go along with the increases in crime. We see more violent criminals being released uh, from California prisons in order to, quote, uh, incentivize good behavior. Uh, That's the official story. Um. Of those who are set to be released, nearly 20,000 are serving life sentences. Another 10,000 inmates were convicted for serious nonviolent offenses. So I think I'm fine with them releasing nonviolent criminals, but when it comes to criminals who are serving life sentences for violent crime, it uh, may not be a good idea to let them out early. You know? Who knows? Yeah. It, it reminds like me a of bad idea. that scene in The Dark Knight Rises where they go into Arkham and they free all the
0: criminals. Yeah. Like I think yeah, I remember you mentioning this before. Uh, okay.
1: Thanksgiving you some yeah,
0: piece of crap. Uh and I
1: think that about wraps it up right. for our YouTube well, friendly. I wanted version.
0: to read one more section from the book just to kind of well, do you le- wa- leave do you- people with that thought. Well, there's other books. You, know? so you want
1: to talk about the other books? Um You can talk about other books.
0: I didn't I forgot, yeah, I forgot you were gonna get to that and we've been going kind of long, so
1: Well, okay.
0: I mean you can mention it, sure. We can talk about We're
1: about January, an hour and January. a half
0: now. Yeah, well that was my point.
1: So these are seven must-read books. This comes from our buddies over at Sot.net, Harrison Coley and Adam Daniels. These are some great guys who do a lot of reading. They're, um, uh, they, they're two of the brains behind Sot. Harrison does a lot of editing work for them. And um, they have their own little podcast called Mind Matters. Highly recommended. They're short. They're about an hour long. Um, and You can check them out at Sot.net. But their little list of books here are really good. Calling American Mind by Jonathan Haidt. Unmasked by Andy Now, which is uh a look into Antifa.
0: I haven't read those. yet. Uh,
1: Live Not By Lies. I'm not sure who that's by. I haven't heard of that one. Cynical Theories by Helen Prucklose and James Lindsay. This that's is good. a critique yeah. of the critical race theory agenda. Yeah, James Lindsay's great. Snakes in Suits by uh, Robert Hare and Paul Babiak. This is a great Excellent book. study of psychopathy and what happens when psychopaths go to work and how they behave yeah. in office settings and how they yeah. climb it's, hierarchies. It's particularly
0: about the Very corporate useful psychopath.
1: useful for corporate yeah. people if you're involved uh, in a corporate Darkness at
0: Noon I believe is about the communist takeover. I haven't read it yet but I've had it recommended to me by a friend. Oh, communist. Yeah. interesting. And then Ukraine Over the Edge which talks
1: about Russia, the West and the new Cold War. Well, dar-
0: Darkness at Noon is about, you know, World War II, I believe. So oh, it's, nice. it's in that era. It's not like a is
1: also a novel, so I guess they're using a, uh, a bit of stuff. But anyway, yeah. these are some books to, to check out if you're interested in reading. If you still read, do you read? Well,
0: well, good. One of the reasons we're bringing this up and that I'm you know, bringing up books on the air is because the other day we were listening to Timcast and, you know, one of their super chats They were asked by one of their viewers, you know, what
1: books that impacted them, what
0: books impacted you or what what books would you recommend to people? Because often people don't know what to read when they're trying to understand these issues. And Brent and I were very disappointed in the answer. Very disappointed Tim. Ian. So like Ian mentioned Jurassic Park and we're like, Okay. I have to I like,
1: say Jurassic Park was what inspired me to go into the sciences. Sure, I, haven't, I
0: haven't read it. I'm sure it's a great novel, but <laughs> and then I think uh, Tim mentioned Harry Potter. Did he mention Harry
1: Potter? Yeah, cryptically. He sort of hinted at it without actually. Sure. Saying.
0: And like, look, I'm a fan of Harry Potter. Everyone who knows me knows I'm an apologist for it. I think there are deep things in it and great lessons that can be learned. I think it's an interesting story and there's a lot to it. But man, if if we were asked that question, like there there are multiple books that would have came to our mind immediately that were far more prevalent and important to understanding what's happening Current in the world right now. And without sh- Conscience by Robert
1: Hare, Political Pornology by Andrew Lobachevsky Secret History of the World and How to Get Alive by Miss Lara
0: Knight-Yachik. Well, that one you're jumping the gun a little bit. You're probably so going to turn good. a lot of people away I don't with care. that one. It's so good. Yeah, well, now they're going to start calling us crazy aliens. Call me crazy. They already call me a crazy Q&A, whatever. I don't care. Okay, well, my point is more accessible books than that perhaps and. Man's search for meaning by victor frankl is a, a good example one. I like that one. you know solzhenitsyn anything by him so but especially great. the gulag archipelago you know it's gulag just study it's study wow. the books about totalitarianism it's thick. it's thick but my point is study study the actual documents study the oh, people uh, who've been through it who lived Defying hitler by sebastian hafner great book it's so good the point is there are a lot of these like this one you know there are a lot of these books that immediately we would have Said you know, list it right off our heads and like you need to understand this. Not gonna this say the stuff, name of this Brent.
1: one because it might get us in trouble. But I only read a few pages.
0: Good I need to finish it, Brent. I haven't. I've only read a bit of it. So. I like it. It's okay.
1: You didn't even read it. It's fine. I like it.
0: I'm sure you like it because it's questioning the narrative. Sure. Uh, but I'll leave my assessment for when rhetoric. <laughs> yes, but I'm gonna leave my assessment for when I actually finish reading it. But gonna end with this one. So again, read propaganda by Edward Bernays. And I'm going to just read this little section really quick. Um, This is from Chapter 4, The Psychology of Public Relations. The systematic study of mass psychology revealed to students the potentialities of invisible government of society by manipulation of the motives which actuate man in the group. Trotter and Lebon, who approached the subject in a scientific manner, and Graham Wallace, Walter Littman, and others, I think Walter Wittman, Littman wrote this book called uh, Public Opinion, which is also interesting, and others who continued with searching studies of the group mind established that the group has mental characteristics distinct from those of the individual and is motivated by impulses and emotions which cannot be explained on the basis of what we know of individual psychology. So it's sort of like its own thing that needs to be studied. So the question naturally arose, And i want all my viewers to think about this question if we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind is it not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing about it so again this is the stuff the people in power think about and it is the stuff they read it's, it's the stuff they pour large amounts of money and funding into researching so they can better understand how to refine the techniques of this stuff. So, you should want to read
1: dollars. it,
0: you should want to know about it too because the more you understand that, the more you understand you're susceptible to manipulation, you're susceptible to propaganda, you're susceptible to this mass hypnosis and hysteria that can be, you know, pulled, pulled, all, you know, pulled over everyone's eyes. Um, the more you understand about it the more you will be protected from falling victim to it and propagating it perhaps so okay very good Daniel we're gonna move to the well I wanted to give some more important stuff than just reading stories like all right moving on okay so we're gonna to move to the youtube not friendly section
1: now so thank you for watching
0: on youtube yeah. don't, don't forget to like
1: subscribe and share this video and head on yeah. over to our website at www.dangerousrhetoric.com see the, the stuff
0: that will get this video removed if we not, include
1: it the not friendly part. Yeah. And we love you thank you so much for watching and bye bye take care so we're back and i wanted to t- draw attention to this story the cia used to infiltrate the media now the cia is the media yes. this is like <laughs> one of the big things people like welcome to the not youtube friendly section by the way um, Sot is mirroring this article from J- CaitlinJohnstone.com. It comes from mid-April, but it's just a little brief review of Operation Mockingbird and how the media was basically jacked, and they got caught uh, with this story about the the Russian bounty. You know, putting like the Russian. Have you, have you heard about the Russians putting bounties on our soldiers? Guess what? It wasn't true. It was a false narrative. They got caught propagating it and um you know caitlin johnstone used the opportunity to go and to just show you you know like the media is one big bs institution controlled by the establishment and you can't go and like read an article in the new york times or um i'm sorry i didn't transition oops uh i didn't you, you can't read these things from the major media the corporate press and, and not handle them as if you're handling a, a, a deadly virus in a, in a biosafety lab like you have to have your mental gloves on you have to have your critical thinking like engaged you have to ask yourself you know where are the, what's what's between the lines of this story what's the meaning what's the theme what's the agenda why is it being propagated is it being propagated in multiple sources is it coming from multiple angles like all this stuff is really important when you're trying to Figure out what's going on in the world
0: today. Yeah, like I said, they study it. They study it. So the CIA, they implement these same techniques that Bernays writes about in his book. So I'm going to go through.
1: I'm going to go through a lot of information as quick as I can.
0: They're watching this channel right now. I'm sure. Um, let's just
1: say <laughs> hi to the FBI and the CIA. Hello to, CIA. Hello up, to guys? our
0: yeah. fans and the intelligence agencies. We, we know agencies. you've probably put us on some kind of list. Thank you for watching, and you're monitoring us. You probably think we're like some don't forget to like like extremists or some crap bullshit plus, like that. We're actually very peaceful nice people but we don't like being lied to and we don't like other people being being lied to to.
1: we don't like lying to ourselves so we're gonna
0: keep talking and that's fine you can watch us and and put us on your lists and all that stuff but yeah again make sure you like comment subscribe you know we'd love to see your sock puppets on our comments stalk me on twitter stalk us you know send the sock puppets away instagram um
1: i just want to talk about a couple of things here folks this was i saw a lot of these links in the ignatius riley Uh, over of uh, Last American Vagabond. He was talking about a lot of these stories. And this is just for your own consideration. This is information that you're not going to hear, you know, propaganda or propagated in the mainstream media. This is an article on self-disseminating vaccines for emerging infectious diseases from January of 2016. So this is just a bit of information to show that people were working on uh, vaccines that would sort of self-propagate. In the population without you actually having to uh you know inject people directly you could inject someone and maybe they they take the vaccine quote unquote home to their family and the vaccine self-propagates through the mm. normal sort of viral pattern through which these things propagate uh and this was an area of research uh you know as as recent five years ago this was published in uh something taylor and francis open select expert review of vaccines Um, Is that the journal? That's the journal, I believe, yeah. So you can see it's in PubMed, like it's here. It's published on NCBI. It's a real uh, paper, and the abstract reads, Modern human activity fueled by economic development is profoundly altering our relationship with microorganisms. This altered interaction with microbes is believed to be the major driving force behind the increased rate of emerging infectious illnesses from animals. The spate of recent illnesses, uh, including the uh, nasty virus that was featured in a lot of movies, and the respiratory syndrome of. Well, uh, this is the uncensored
0: origin. part. Oh, say,
1: right, I can just say Ebola and Middle no East respiratory. <laughs> Emphasize emphasize the need for development of new innovative tools to manage these emerging diseases. Disseminating vaccines are one such novel approach to potentially interrupt the animal to human transmission of these pathogens. So these are like basically vaccines that self-propagate and they're talking about how and like it's review of information. So this is a possible thing scientists were working on. Um, This was a study that was done about people accepting and taking vaccines voluntarily back in like October. Uh, we might've talked about this once before.
0: I remember you mentioning it to me and you read some things. But from anyway,
1: it. it's, it's very interesting. It comes from the WHO. And they talk about all of the things that have been going on about vaccine "quote unquote" hesitancy, yeah. about side effects being reported, and about how that impacts. Like yeah. these people were well aware of all of these possibilities, yeah. and they accounted for them. Of and course,
0: they are. Why do you think they label every post? Why do you think everything yeah. is being like
1: censored on? They're trying to, to reduce. Like, they don't want you to know hesitancy. about things like vaccine side effects. Yeah. So this comes from VAERS. The VAERS database is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System in the USA. Um, and this is a, a sort of an interpreter called OpenVAERS. The VAERS data is very difficult to parse. It's not accessible. They make it very uh, confusing and convoluted for you to, to access the information, to read the information, to review the information on your own. So there are other organizations that have done sort of the work for you and taken a lot of these VAR's reports and made them accessible so that you can see what is being talked about um, in, these, in, these, in these reports, in these, in these databases. And this one just goes to show we are now at 3,500 deaths that have followed the vaccination, uh, 8,000 hospitalizations, 16,000 visits to urgent care, 600 anaphylaxis, Twenty thousand office visits and seven hundred and
0: thirty-four Bell's palsy. Yeah. Um, See these numbers, people would look at this and they'd be like, well, this is not nearly as bad now, as COVID." And well, how first much of COVID that, killed people? What's to your response to that, Brent?
1: These are well. First of all, like full disclosure, these are self reports. So that's like one of their avenues yeah. of tag. They say these are self reports; they're not confirmed.
0: So. so people have to report it too for it to be accounted.
1: For. So people have to report it. Somebody has to report it. Mm -hmm. And also, um, they aren't necessarily verified. So like, the one thing that they like to say in the fact check, and I'll show you guys how they respond to this stuff, um, is that the, the CDC has officially said that there have been no deaths related to the vaccine. And, like, things like that. They, like, they draw to, like, the high priest of the CDC. Yeah. Well,
0: CDC says... Yeah. And who's to be able to determine that? What Brett and I found so interesting, too, is we when we were scrolling through some of these actual reports and reading the reports is, you know, you would find a report of someone who got the shot and then died either the next day or a couple of days later. And they thing that they were already dying from, I guess, was listed as the death, alright, or they said it was a natural cause. And we just found it so interesting that throughout the whole COVID hysteria, someone who had a very clear comorbidity or was dying from something else and then dies, you know, because they had a sickness already, it's just immediately labeled as a COVID death. Doesn't matter what it is. And if it was obvious it wasn't COVID, it doesn't matter. They had COVID, it was with COVID, all right, put COVID. So they're very quick to do that on the death certificates. But then, all of a sudden, someone gets the shot, and they die immediately after the shot. Well, it must have been natural causes, right? The shot totally didn't do anything. They were fine the entire quote-unquote pandemic, and then all of a sudden, they get the shot, and not fine. Symptoms are dead. So, there's that. And there's also the fact that why can't you talk about it? Why can't you discuss the numbers on VAERS and at least point out the fact that, statistically, there is an increase? In vaccine deaths from last year and since they started rolling out these new shots which are experimental you know the mrna stuff a lot of people has been talking about have been talking about the fact that this is not like a normal vaccine in the way people understand what a vaccine is and maybe you want to go into some of that too brent because you're better with the sort of the science jargon and breaking that stuff down
1: well, so if we want to talk about what these shots are, the mRNA vaccines are a experimental new technology based upon using these uh, artificially constructed vectors. A vector is basically a package um, that allows transport of the mRNA, which is the, the messenger RNA. It's like a blueprint for a protein that has to be filtered through or programmed into a ribosome, which is a cellular machine. It's a natural part of your cell structure that makes proteins. So the mRNA is packaged in this adenovirus vector or a liposome, which is a, a basically a, a spherical a lipid bilayer. It's like a little bubble of fat and then the mRNA is stored inside because you can't just inject mRNA into your blood. It'll get destroyed and chopped up by the natural enzymes and things you have there. So you have to find a way to get it into the cells and the cells are protected by multiple layers of things, including your innate immune system and the, the natural lipid bilayer that surrounds every single cell in your body. So you have to get it in there, and one of the ways they get it in there is with these adenovirus vectors, which are basically uh, the, the transport mechanism of the virus stripped of the, uh, the virus programming itself. But we'll get into it and show that, the, that this transport mechanism can actually cause many, many viral-like symptoms, and I can explain why, too. But I just wanted to go through some of these cases uh, from VAERS, and again, we see three hundred or three thousand five hundred forty-four deaths. Yeah, 3,544 3, 3, Right now, uh, this is from uh, metalerts.org, they, they and then they have a couple of them. And When's you it last see,
0: updated? I should say. So it says four
1: twenty-three.
0: Yeah. Um, so up until the end of April.
1: Yeah, they really they do a data dump like every two weeks or so. So like this is like the most recently and available one. And it just should. Most people are old, so like you're gonna have a lot of old people die. Old people die. It happens. Yeah. And it was the same with COVID. So. Um, and it was the same with COVID. But you know, when it comes to vaccines, it's just the story is, uh, you know, all of their deaths are from natural causes. But when it's when it's from COVID, the story is all of the deaths was from COVID. Like I said, and. So very, again, Charlie Chester,
0: I'm yeah. going to bring it up again because he's on camera saying CNN wanted to put the numbers there, drive the numbers up, keep the hysteria going, get more viewers, more ratings. So this person got the Moderna shot. They
1: had broad anaphylactic reaction, uh, neuroleptic malignant syndrome, anti so these are neurological problems, mm-hmm. dementia, you know, dementia, maybe she had that before, you know, a non-infectious encephalitis, encephalitis is like inflammation of the, of the brain stem of the brain tissue um delirium dehydration so this
0: this blood sugar problems this particular person died and they, yes. they got what the moderna shot
1: yeah well, these are all deaths i think this and one got pfizer died um pre-existing conditions include uh type 2 diabetes dementia iron deficiency uh, osteoporosis anxiety uh they were on a bunch of drugs yeah. and they were administered with no yeah. adverse reaction and then resident passed away uh 2 hours later
0: yeah, it's the same day it says <laughs> write up a uh, vaccine administered with no immediate adverse reaction at 11:29 a.m. vaccine screening questions were completed and resident was not feeling sick and temperature coincidence. was 98 degrees fahrenheit but then at approximately one thirty p.m. the resident passed away so
1: just a coincidence folks and total what, coincidence. what is it what is
0: the death label there is it a natural cause death that probably just, yeah so it's like they're just so sure it's not the shot at all. And you can't say that the shot killed anyone at all. You're not allowed to question that. You're not allowed to, to at least inquire into whether or not that was possible. When there are plenty of cases like this where – Two hours later. There's yeah. correlation, you know. Same day, next day, a couple days later. This is
1: another one. Senior person's living fine, gets, a shot, not gets fine. Moderna, died right. a few hours later. Uh and even the person that submitted the various report said that they don't think that they're related. Um Treating Hospital did not acknowledge it, but she wanted to report anyway. Yeah. Um seventy-four year old male awoke uh when was it? Got the shot. When did he get the shot? Who knows? Vaccinated on twelve sixteen, died four days later. Awoke and found dead. Yeah. Granted, and your dude was what, seventy four? So you know like seventy four year old people die cause all the of time. Death? It uh, doesn't say. Doesn't say. Yeah. But another resident in long-term care died. This person had respiratory stress, uh, anaphylactic reaction, neurological symptoms, blood sugar issues. Dead.
0: Yeah. In 24 again, hours
1: of receiving the vaccine. Again, and stress.
0: just to make that point again, the, these are the people who report this to vers or the, I guess, the nurses or doctors who are choosing to Family report it. Members. There's a lot of people who have symptoms and stuff that simply don't report, you know? It's and it's, it's the same thing with, say, uh, got
1: the shot on the 19th, dead four days later yeah. on the 23rd. Massive heart attack.
0: Yeah. And it, well, I want to make the point that it's, it's similar with, like, you know, rape cases. People who've been victims of rape and stuff. There's, you know, only a small percentage of those people who actually report their cases. So it's similar with the VAERS data and it's like there are, I'm sure there's a lot more people who got the shot and had adverse reactions or you know permanent things perhaps even happened to them neurologically that they didn't didn't report. So Yeah, so if, even if
1: this is like let's say like maybe like 1% or even let's say a bigger number, let's say this is representative of 10%. Yeah. You multiply that number times 10. Then there's like all of a sudden you've got 50,000 people maybe yeah. who have died. Or it would be 35,000 people. But that's just in the United States, folks. Ooh. There's also a European database which collects information on the, uh, the number of uh, negative impacts or adverse events in England or in the UK. I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, this comes from Air of Light, you know, it's like a new agey whatever website. <laughs> seems pretty but new they agey, they mean? take a little clip from Eudura Vigilance, and again, the Eudura village is like the European bears okay. and accessing their information is difficult. So it's publicly available information. Uh, somebody, listing, what, seven thousand? Somebody, somebody went through on, as of April seventeenth and printed out the reports for the Moderna, the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca and the Johnson and Johnson
0: oh, shot. And they're all linked here.
1: And they found a total of 7,766 deaths and 300,030 some odd injuries. That's a lot of
0: injuries related and to
1: these shots. And
0: why are we not Pfizer talk was about the it? big
1: the big one that had the most reported deaths Oh, injuries. this
0: is per shot. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So and it, it, it collects them down by yeah. different things. You know, cardiac problems, blood and lymph problems. So there's a lot of like ear, uh, endocrine problems, eye problems, gastrointestinal, um, metabolic. Uh, pregnancy issues. Yeah, it's 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 skin problems. It's more
0: widespread and more prevalent than they clearly want us to know And
1: they're not talking uh, and about we're it. Let's talk
0: about it. And that's our main point and that you we're trying can't to make. talk
1: about it. this is all medical This is all medical medical misinformation, misinformation. and look According we're, to we're you not Google. trying
0: to hystericize people We're not trying to freak people out. We're not trying to say we're just
1: trying to let you Be have
0: afraid informed consent We're trying to let you know like these effects do exist These these stories are real. It is happening. They they want to portray the shot as if it is one hundred percent safe and effective, and that there's no risk at all. And we think just not true. There's something wrong with that. You should be able to talk about if there is risk, and your your medical professionals who are giving you this advice about getting the shot, they should know about this data, and they should also be fully informing you of the risks that you. Have, and it's the same thing with COVID. You know, we want to know what the true risk of that is, right? So, wouldn't you also want to know what the risk is of getting the shot as opposed to choosing not to? And that could vary from person to person, but we personally don't trust this. We ladies, we we don't think it's ladies
1: are reporting changes in their
0: menstrual cycles. Yep, and we talked about that in our last episode, Mm, too. Curious. So, it's just, you know, what is the true agenda here? And we've mentioned before, people like Bill Gates are on the record. They think Bill the world is overpopulated. That's not what we're looking for. And they want to try to slow that population growth. And so, why would anyone be taking advice from people like that? Um,
1: this is, comes from LifeSite News and Children's Health Defense, often very censored on the social medias. I don't think you can even post links to LifeSite News on the Facebook. What, they'll remove it? Uh, it's flagged it's you can't yeah you can't link that dangerous to disinformation spreading conspiracy
0: theories but
1: they talk about you know Bell's palsy anaphylaxis miscarriages all related
0: yeah um so these are these are real things these are very happening and they deserve to be talked about these people are real people they have stories too like for everyone out there and you're like oh I lost a loved one to COVID how dare you talk about this stuff well what about the person out there who lost a loved one to the shot and it was very obvious to them that they lost this person to the shot when that person was fine before the shot and all of a sudden they're dead do they not also get to grieve and talk about their side of the story without being dismissed as crazy and a conspiracy theorist like make it make sense man be consistent
1: and we have a very controversial paper from Dr. Bert J. Bart Claassen, Claassen, M.D. He is a notorious anti-vaxxer, just you know, full disclosure up front. Hmm. But his paper here was accepted and published in you know microbiology and infectious diseases, and he proposes a mechanism for why the uh, vaccines can cause neurological problems. Uh, he says here. That the spike protein created by the translation of the vaccine RNA binds angiotensin-converting enzyme. That's the ACE2 receptor, uh, which is a zinc-containing enzyme. This interaction has the potential to increase intracellular zinc. Uh, zinc ions, so if there's too much zinc in your system, it can cause transformation of a protein to its pathological prion conformation, and that's not good, folks. That's yeah, you might damaging. have to break down
0: some of that jargon for. So prions right, are
1: basically infectious proteins. They're proteins that stop doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they go and jack other proteins and make them into these sort of viral things that do other bad damage. So it's it's a protein that stops doing what it's supposed to be doing, and then it goes other and, like, grabs another protein and sort of recruits it. So it's kind of like the people at these, these riots and rallies. They, like, go and grab these kids and, like, make them doing something bad that they're not supposed to be doing. Very much similar, and, like, this is a proposed mechanism for understanding how that can happen and cause... Uh, can cause p- potential symptoms in people who get the mRNA vaccine. Um, so this was like very decried, you know, because he had, a, he has a weak materials and methods section. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a notorious anti-vaxxer. You know, you look up Bart Clausen and read about him. Yeah, but the
0: point is there are studies out there that are but, demonstrating uh, risks.
1: But also like, you know, call him and an it's anti-vaxxer, call him what you want. He received his medical degree from the University of Baltimore in Berlin in 1988. Uh, his MBA from Columbia in 1992, and obtained a medical license in October of 1997. Um, best known for you know vaccine research and stuff, and experiments done on mice. But you know, like it just goes to show he's got he's a credentialed yeah. researcher. He's they, a doctor in the field. They trust
0: the experts until it's an expert you know who happens to disagree with what is being pushed right now, and then they get blackballed. They get called all sorts of nasty things, and it doesn't matter how how. You know much credentials they have or how good their scientific scientific background is you start resisting this new party line about the lockdowns about covid and questioning the safety of the shots and all of that stuff it's just it's no longer permitted it's it's being it's politifact here you know politifact
1: associated with the clintons uh <laughs> and facebook they give him a pants on fire
0: rating <laughs> so that's like a freaking badge of honor it's at a kind this of an point. endorsement yeah
1: uh, and this was an interesting paper. I wanted to draw some attention to an uh, experimental biology. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein alone may cause lung damage. Using a newly developed mouse model, researchers found that exposure to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein alone was enough to induce COVID-19-like symptoms, including severe inflammation of the lungs. So this paper, this experiment, shows that the getting the shot could theoretically in the same same way that it hurts these transgenic mice now granted mice and human models are different but nevertheless it's worth it shows that there should be further investigation uh if the spike protein is causing lung injury and we are causing these people to generate these proteins through these transgenic shots which aren't exactly vaccines a traditional vaccine folks uh Traditional vaccines, generally, they inject either an antigen, which is a part of a bacteria or part of a virus that has been purified into your system, along with a chemical adjuvant, which is a chemical that's included in the shot so that it will trigger your immune system to be like, hey, this stuff we're floating you with is bad. Generate antibodies to it. Problem is adjuvants can cause a lot of autoimmune issues, and this is a very understudied area of research because it sort of takes the, uh, takes the wind out of the sails of the Provax, uh pharmaceutical industry because it says, hey, you know we have a rash of autoimmune uh, problems and neurological problems in young children. Uh, What could possibly be causing it? Oh, it can't be the vaccines. So they don't research it because they make this misbegotten assumption that all vaccines are always good, always. And that, you know, even in combination, even giving children dozens and dozens of vaccines before they hit the age of six or even two, uh, they just presume that there can be no bad from that whatsoever. And that if kids die or they develop neurological or autoimmune problems as a result, that's just their genetics. You know, that's just that was going to happen anyway. It has nothing to do with the vaccines. And either
0: that's extreme hubris or, like, deliberate... Lies. Deliberate lies and... Or both. Or both. And it's probably a mixture of both. You know, there's the scientists just suffering from hubris, and they just, they don't want to question the bigger establishment of Big Pharma. And then, yeah, I think there's the deliberate deception, the manipulation, the propaganda being used to, you know, push a particular policy or medical treatment, etc., um... For profit and for other reasons, perhaps you know we, we think they really do want to cull the population. we think the the goal of the lockdowns and all of this stuff was definitely to increase death, not to protect people and make them safe. remember so, the Georgia
1: Guidestones folks
0: yeah. so we, we don't we don't really trust it we think the shot is something that should be questioned and you it's your body it's your choice you have a right to refuse it. And don't let anyone pressure you otherwise, even if they're your doctor. You know, doctors can be wrong and you are allowed to question things and you are allowed to say no.
1: So then this just goes to show there are doctors who know there's published research. This comes from the New England Journal of Medicine, gold standard in publishing. Uh, April 16th, 2021, SARS-CoV-2 vaccine induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia. That's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Interesting words. I'm sure nobody has any idea what they're saying. However, what they're basically saying is that the vaccine induces uh, an autoimmune problem where you uh, don't generate enough... Um, platelets, or your platelets stick to each other. What are platelets? They become sticky. Platelets are a natural component of your blood plasma okay. that attach to damage, and they are the basis of
0: blood clots. Gotcha. So it's when the body is healing. That's, mm-hmm. It's what seals up a wound. So
1: you can have problems with platelets in that they're, one, too sticky, and then you get clots, which can clots can accumulate in tiny little blood vessels in okay. your heart or your brain, causing a stroke or heart this attack. This happens with age too, right? Isn't this it does me? happen with age. Yeah. Your platelets can become more sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also have the opposite problem where your platelets don't stick at all. They have like a Teflon-like coating, wow. huh. and then you just you get bleeding problems. And you can have an internal bleeding problem, like a you know uh, uh, a wound in your digestive tract, for example, or if you have you know a stroke in your brain or something. Um, and if you don't form platelets, they don't react. You can just, you know, internally bleed to death, or you can get a cut and bleed to death externally. Uh, so your you, platelets are a very important component of your natural so they're finding system. So
0: co- they're finding a correlation in this study between
1: So they, they the track these 39 people who had syndrome characterized by thrombosis and thrombocytopenia. So let's just, let me refresh my own memory here while we're here, just so I know what I'm talking about uh thrombosis is the formation of blood clots yeah. okay and then thrombocytopenia thrombocyto
0: see the medical jargon too is one of the things that it makes it, it puts difficult a while, for you know, people you know normal yes. people to try to understand the things that are being so this peddled is kind of
1: them. what i thought except the thrombocytopenia is actually low levels of platelets not having enough okay um, where was I? Oh, geez, so many little things. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Um, sorry, folks. Oh, where did it go? I had it, and then it was somewhere it's around.
0: lost in all the tabs. I have
1: too many tabs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that that was the idea. Is that? Oh, here it is. So the problem is that they found these thirteen, these thirty-nine people. That had either blood clots forming or really low platelet levels that developed five to 24 days after initial vaccination with the astrazeneca shot um, which is basically made up of a recombinant chimpanzee adrenoviral viral vector so this is like what i was talking about earlier this is the part of the, the genetically engineered package that comes from a chimp virus that's been re-genetically modified in order to carry the mrna spike protein message into your cells, uh, people were healthy, um, didn't have pre-existing, uh, you know, thrombocypotic conditions, so they didn't have problems with their platelets in the past. So that's why they're sure that this is particularly related to the shot. And so this just goes to show that, like, the, the scientists just yeah. know that this is happening. The studies
0: are out there. They're the just data not being, is there. They're not being addressed. It's censored. It's not and being talked you about. Know, and this <laughs> is the thing. It's like people don't want to acknowledge the fact that the data is now just catching up with the shots because these shots were not tested. And there's a lag time. They were time. not experienced. Look, I want you to go on Dangerous Rhetoric uh, Instagram and I want you to pull up that video of the doctor opening the Johnson shot and pulling out the insert. Just to make this point to people because, you know, there's been rumors floating around, pictures coming out from people opening the boxes of these and pulling out the insert of the vaccine and you open the insert up and it's blank. You know, there's there's no ingredients listed. There's no, you know, studies list it. A story? Listed. I think I did put it in my story. Do I think
1: thing. I can see the stories. on You
0: here. can, yeah. Go up, click, click the circle. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um. Let me find. It. Yeah. Let's pull it up. Just you know, be for people who don't believe us and they think that. This is just conspiracy theory. Anarchy We're Tattoo not Studios. This <laughs> Anarchy Tattoo Studios. Shout out again to Michael Ryan. He posted about this, and he had another friend of his who confirmed this, and they posted a series of pictures of the insert showing it. But you know, here's a, here's a doctor showing it to you themselves, just so you don't know. You know, don't say you didn't see this.
1: All right, make this video for you
0: because I, uh, I had to video it so that you'll believe me. Because frankly, I have
1: to turn it right the volume out. up a smidge. So.
0: Here's a brand new, sealed, perfectly sealed, brand new box of the J&J vaccine. You can see here, I'm going to bring this open. And I saw similar things with the other shots, Moderna as well. Perfectly normal. Link insert.
1: Package insert.
0: There's a lot of safety and efficacy data. In fact, all of the normal information that we would She's find great. in a package insert, like the, uh, ingredients, that would all be found.
1: Right here in this package insert.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh god.
0: Must be magic.
1: Is it written in invisible ink? <laughs>
0: It's all blank. The whole thing. Ah! Except for this part.
1: Wow. That's the
0: only thing that
1: blank. Wow. Are you kidding me? Wow. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: Yeah, so, again, we're not trying to create hysteria, we're not trying to freak people out, we don't want to worry anyone if you got the (laughs) shot already, but if you got it already, no matter what justifications you said in your head, That's fine. Whatever. Just don't walk around pretending that these things were researched, that these things were properly studied, that they weren't issued in an emergency. And don't walk around pretending that you know they are 100% safe simply because the CDC and the World Health Organization said so. Don't walk around and act like there was an experiment done to test them. You are the experiment. Acknowledge it. Don't don't dance around that, don't try to pretend it is otherwise, because it's not, you know, you are the experiment if you choose to get these shots, and it is what it is, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, go back to that video, watch it again if you think it's not true, and there are people who've done it with the Moderna shot too, and I haven't seen with the other ones, but... Those inserts are blank, and they're blank for a reason. <laughs> they're blank because the research has not been done. They haven't been studied or tested. You are the research.
1: And there are a lot of, you know, there was a video of these three women I saw on, uh, whose show is that? Dell Big Trees Show. Oh, yeah, this, he's they, banned
0: from YouTube, right? They he's had, yeah, he's there. banned.
1: They had these three women on, that all all nurses who got the shot in yep. like January and December, and who all had these severe neurological conditions, uh, shaking, uh, you know, tremors, yeah. convulsions. I'm,
0: the videos of them went sort of viral, so anyone who was paying attention to alternative media probably saw a couple of those videos, and it's heartbreaking. You know, you see what those women went through, and even while they were doing the interview, you can still see them. Kind of shaking and the fact that they did not totally recover from the after effects of the shot. They're not getting any compensation, no help. They're out of work and they're not they weren't even getting unemployment assistance and benefits. And it's like, these vaccine companies are also not liable. So you cannot sue them if if you took the shot and anything went wrong.
1: Isn't that convenient? One
0: of them was a nurse, and she took it because she wanted to demonstrate to people that it is fine and safe. And she want she thought this was oh I'm just doing you know my duty and being responsible and protecting people. And she wanted to show hey look it's okay. Messed her up, and then now they can't tell their stories on YouTube. They are not allowed to talk about it, you know. So they end up having to gather on you know the high wire and to tell their stories on there. And that can't be posted on YouTube, you can't find the video on YouTube for that. So just ask yourself, why? You know, It is worth asking yourself, why is this information being suppressed? Why are we not allowed to discuss it, at least, and to talk about the possibility of the shots not being safe? And that worries me, that deeply concerns me, that makes me want to tell you to perhaps avoid it, but we can't say that either on YouTube. We can't say Maybe you should try other don't ways. Don't get the shot, don't get the you shot, know, don't, get the shot, to build don't your, get the shot, To build your immune system, to exer- you know, exercise, take get vitamin sunlight, D, take, vitamin take, C. take vitamin D, take vitamin C in therapeutic doses. <laughs> Eat a healthy diet. Eat a healthy diet as much as you can. Be active, you know. You're not allowed to give that advice to people no. and say, hey, this is an censored. alternative to the shot. Can't you can't say, say that.
1: that. Can't say that.
0: If you say it's medical misinformation, an immune system is a conspiracy theory now. So make of that what you will. But uh, I think we I should wanna wrap we should, it up here. We should wrap it up, Just yeah. with this
1: last story. Uh, this was original research that came, a uh, study of 48,440 adult patients with COVID. And gee whiz, physical inactivity is associated with a higher risk of severe yeah. disease. <laughs> Imagine that.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they needed to do a study to tell people that exercising and being more active is better for your health and will improve your immune system and help you fight off any sickness, including COVID. Should have been obvious. It should have been advice that was given from the very beginning to people. And what did they tell people to do instead? they told them to stay inside stay home. they told them to lock stay themselves inside. into their homes to not get sunlight to not do physical activities to close down all gyms how many people died as a result of that and why are we not allowed to talk about it and ask those questions so again thanks rappy, for watching thanks guys. for watching this is dangerous rhetoric we appreciate you know we appreciate all the subscribers we appreciate the comments and the instagram page is growing rather quickly so that's really awesome and Yes. This was a long show, so can you we follow
1: f- me on Twitter yeah. at cyre two zero six seven. I just made a new dangerous rhetoric uh, Twitter, which is I think it's at dangerous
0: one
1: or something. Let's see if I can find it.
0: You'll just link it. Link it in the description. Yes, yeah. but
1: anyway, folks. I'm not really on
0: Twitter. You find me on Instagram at dan delafay and find the dangerous rhetoric Instagram at. Welcome dangerous to medical rhetoric.
1: misinformation.
0: So we hope you watched this extra segment um, of stuff that we couldn't put on YouTube, and we appreciate the people who went over to the website and took that extra time out of their day to to listen to us talk you know we hope it was educational we hope it made you think we hope it made you laugh and thanks for watching I take care we love you bye